This is Music Relish Podcast. Welcome to Music Relish Podcast. This is episode 17, maybe? I think, I think it, it is. is. Yep. All right. My name is Lou, and I'm with my friends and co-hosts, Perry and Mark, and it is Halloween weekend. Happy Halloween. Well, hello um, there. Hello. Bonjour. Hello. Como esta? Bonjour. Before we, we, uh, we begin, I'd like to mention that um, if you want to hear us in other formats besides this, you can hear us on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Podchaser, Pocketcast, Overcast. We're on YouTube. So you can look at us. And if you like us, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe if you feel like it. We won't send you anything. It won't, it won't bother you. <laughs> and we're also on Facebook, where Mark posts the music that we cannot play in length here because of copyright laws. But you can see it there on Facebook, on the Music Rose Podcast. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook jail yet? We're not in Facebook jail yet. So we are, we are free men, all of us. Yes. Under one. God bless so, America. So what's happening, Lou? Not much, man. This is the welcome to another Sunday night. Another Sunday night. We got some stuff to talk about tonight. We do a yes. bunch of stuff, yes, right? We do. We always yep. do. Yep, yep. Um, we were talking about maybe talking about some debut albums that we like, or yes, yeah, some notable you know, debut albums. Yep, notable debut albums. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Mine are at the end of my, my list of extensive notes here. Yeah. Uh, anybody want to kick off this category? Notable or memorable debut albums? I I nominate Mark Smith. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, my, my notable debut albums, my notable debut albums are <laughs> ones I personally like. But if there's a couple that I'm not crazy about, but I'll just say they were big at debut albums. So I'm going to go with my first will be. Sorry, guys, Zebra. I think it's their best album, and it is a notable debut album. We actually reviewed yes, that album is. a couple of weeks ago, didn't didn't we? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yep. And I got it's a good record. It's a really good record. Yep. Yep. It's a fine. So st- stands the test of time. Okay. So who's, who's next, up? Lou? You're up. I got one. Um, Another record that we reviewed recently last week, and it's the debut album by the Dream Academy. Yeah. I think it took us all by surprise. Yes. Yeah. Great record. Absolutely did. Yes. Yeah. Much to our edification and delight. Because I was expecting something like, okay, great hick single, some nice stuff, but no, pretty good stuff. So, two good albums in a row. Yeah. I think a great debut album is The Go-Go's, Beauty and the Beat. It's a great debut album. A lot of hit singles on there. It's a fun record. And it's I think Jack Calabrese would agree with me. <laughs> I don't know about Scott McClain, but Jack agrees. Do you, do you know the year that came out? Early 80s. 81, possibly. 81, something 82, like that. 81. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Peak yeah. MTV time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow, guys. I was still in uh, elementary school when that came out. I was in Zion Lutheran School. Sorry, just had to do it in Westwood, New Jersey. <laughs> Westwood, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, we've, we've all lived. Mark, did you ever live in Westwood? Yes. 
I yeah. lived in West Virginia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Next door yeah. to where yeah. I lived. Yeah. That's how I met that's, Barry. That's right. That, yeah. That's how, you, that's how you guys met. Yep. Yeah. I was the weird name. Spend... Yeah, yeah, locals used to call it Wastewood. Wastewood. <laughs> when, I was in, when I was in high school, we took the Don Bosco bus. We used to dread driving through Westwood because the hooligans would bombard us with ice balls <laughs> going down wherever the Baskin Robbins was there. So one day we armed ourselves. So we got we fought back. It, it was like it was like a, a old old war movie. So we had boxes of ice balls that ready to go. So when we went by Westwood, that area that we bombarded them back, and they were not expected. It was a, it was a surprise retaliation attack by the underdog. Yeah, well, you know, private high school, so you know, who knows? Wastewood. Yeah, I was told yep. never to ride my bike through that town, but I did, and oh. I was fine. Right. All right, now I think uh, who's up, man. How about Black Sabbath's debut album, 1970? <laughs> that is a great debut album. Tearing off my list, is, Perry. Is it, is, it called, is it called Black Sabbath? I think it's just called Black Sabbath. Mark, yes. can you verify okay. that? Yes, it's Black Sabbath. It's just called it's Black Sabbath. Pretty creepy cover, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They, yep. Pretty scary I, cover. But I still think about 1969. There was a lot of weird music out. All right, we had, but I don't just imagine hearing that. Opening song, Black Sabbath in 1969. Mm-hmm. You, what the hell? You know? That was yeah. the same year had Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. <laughs> you know, so you had you know, that, that, right? Yep. Uh, who's up? Me? Yeah. I got one. Oh, Lou. Oh, is, is it? Yeah. yeah I think you. we skipped. Yeah, you. Okay. Yeah. Um, REM's debut album, Murmur. Ooh, yeah. Alternative indie rock classic. I wonder. I wonder how that ranks in indie. You look it up, but indie yeah. rock, alternative rock debut albums. You know, because it's classic rock, and you know, I looked up some debut albums of all time, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there from from the modern modern day too. But anyway, so don't know. They, on a personal level, RM's first record was was a beauty. It's a beauty. Absolutely. It's a gem. It's, yeah. It's a gem. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I would go so fast. I can't think of anything I, I can criticize. About it that is not petty, so it's almost a perfect, maybe a perfect record. It, it just seems like one um, of those records where you can just put, drop the needle and just let it go, and every yeah, song yeah. Mo- is moving. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. even songs that you might not, you know, you always like some things more than others. The ones that you may not like as much, there's something great about them, or just interesting. Yeah. It's an emotional record, record too. It's an emotional record, I think. Right. Yeah. And we're going to circle back to R.E.M.'s Murmur in a little bit too. Okay. Right. For other reasons, Chris. Yeah. How about Rose you, um, Marky Mark? I'm going to go with Marky Mark and the Funk Bunch. No, actually, I'm going to go with Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> no, record. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm going to go with <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne's debut album because it was monumental in that the guy was washed up, and he should have been dead by that point. And he came out with such a definitive yeah. statement. That album is still today, to this day. Those songs are known by so many people. Is that the Blizzard of Oz? Yes. So it has Crazy Train. Mr. Crowley, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I like that in the second one. Good. Does it have Goodbye to Romance on it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, it's, now, the original is one of the shittiest sounding recordings of all time. I know. I know. <laughs> but but it was recorded onto a Walkman, wasn't it? No. It, uh, you know, it's it, funny. If you listen to it, everything about it sucks except Randy's guitars. And what they did was they had all his cabinets down in the basement. And they lowered a mic down, and he was playing up in the control room because he was just blasting. So mm. the guitars sound great. And he double-tracked everything. So even those intricate solos, double. He would play over them, like, you know, 
it's just amazing that that he could do that, like this fast picking and just do it twice, you know. Uh, but yeah, you're always the drums sound bad on that album. They really do. Yeah. Um, do you know is that is that the reason why they re-recorded certain parts with Robert Trujillo from Metallica? No. Uh, that was a uh, okay. that was a business decision by his manager Sharon, because the original album uh, everything was split four ways. So Randy's gone, so Randy died. Right. So she decided to re-record the album and release it, the first two albums, so she wouldn't have to play pay Lee Kerslake and Bob Daisley uh, royalties. Or yeah, wow. And um, Lee Kerslake in the year, final year of his life was begging. Sharon and Ozzy, give me a gold record. I'm not looking for money now. I just want to be remembered for what I did, right? They they coughed up the gold record, and sh- they got shamed okay. into uh, putting the original release back out there. It just didn't sound right. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the yeah. uh, on the show, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I've got one. It's one of the greatest records ever made, ever. One ever. Of the great way, not only a debut album, but one of the greatest records yep. ever made. Yep. Okay. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? It sounds <laughs> like me. You're setting yourself up. It's big star number one record. It is one of the greatest. They these guys created indie rock. Big star. The album is called Number One it. Record. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's fabulous. I'm going to choose it. In fact, in a the next time around when it comes to uh, okay. for Definitely me to a select the record. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The biggest influence on was replacements for Paul Westerberg. Oh right. man, he wrote, he wrote the song. That's nothing Chilton. compared to like Cheap Trick and everyone else who was influenced yeah, the, by uh, the '70s show. Yeah. Yep. wasn't the '70s show theme from that album? Or yeah. it was recorded yeah. by Cheap, Cheap Trick. Trick? Yeah, Cheap Trick does that. Uh, that's a song by uh, that Alex Chilton wrote. Yep. Mm. What's going down, man? Who's up? Lou. 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 Um. This is one of, one of my most revered bands of all time. And when I understand, Mark, you were told not to mention this one. <laughs> <laughs> it is the band music from Big Pink, their debut album, 1968. 1968. 1968. I it's thought you were going to mention another Big band. Pink, right? A, a Bluester Cult? Of course I'm going <laughs> to. No, don't. No, don't. It's a good album. It's well, worth mentioning. Oh, my it's, God. It is who a, the hell Cares. I, I care. care. I care. Lewis <laughs> Cult's debut album is a great and acclaimed debut we album. We reviewed it here. Yeah, work. we reviewed it. Yeah. That's right, we did. <laughs> no, yeah, we so, reviewed Zebra, too. Music, <laughs> music from Big Pink. Yeah, it, it was a critical darling. Yeah. Um, it, it came out at, at a time when that, that record wasn't expected. You know, It wasn't a huge seller, but it was respectable. I thought you were but talking about people, Big Pink. I am. I am. Oh. I am Big Pink. It came out in 1968. Yes. At the time, it was, it was almost controversial because it was the departure from all the heyday of the rock festival type music. So what kind of songs are on music from Big Pink? It's a mixture. It's country soul. It's been encapsulated in What is it? Cripple Creek? Cripple Creek is on there? No, no. It's got um, uh, Tears of Rage, the Bob Dylan and uh, mm-hmm. Richard Manuel composition. Uh, it's got The Weight. The classic is The Weight. The Weight, the yeah. The Robertson pen, yeah. Ooh, uh, that's a Levon biggie. Helm's yeah, song. Yeah. That is the big song about the impossibility of sainthood. Uh, we can talk. One of the, they did a lot of call and response vocals. Um, mm-hmm. Richard Manuel sang the majority of the songs on it. Uh, Levine was late to the fold at that point. He just rejoined the band before they made that record. Um, 
Rick Danko has a couple great songs on it. Uh, this Wheel's on Fire, he co-wrote with Bob Dylan. This wheel, and also um, Rick Danko sang, I don't know who did the original, but um, Long Black Veil. Mm-hmm. He did a cover of that. Yep. And there's the, they called it the Rock Festival, the, the early 70s Rock Festival classic, uh, I Shall Be Released. Yeah. Bob Dylan's yeah. song. Um, what else is on there? Chess Fever. With that oh, yeah, yeah, with that loud reorgan, yeah, yep. By what I think is rock and roll's greatest keyboardist, uh, Garth Hudson. And, yeah, so it's it's a very it's an eclectic album. It's kind of country. There's, you know, there's, there's rock in there, too. Um, Robbie Robertson sings one of his few lead vocals on a song called The Kingdom Come, the Kingdom Come which is the second song on the record. Um, and Mark, yeah, we go. Well, but, Mr. Smith yeah, went away. Uh, right. It's not their best record. But it is as a debut record. It got a lot of attention. I think that was a record that made Eric Clapton want to quit Cream and ask him to join. Well, or it's it, funny you say it, that. It started because that whole. Yeah. My choice was going to be Fresh Cream, 1966, their debut album. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Yeah. As new as Cream were, by the time they were getting started, he wanted out anyway. Yeah, Clapton just, you know, saw yeah, a different they way. They were there in 66, 67, and 68. They were done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 68, Three years. They were done. Yeah. Yeah. Big impact, though. How about but, um, the uh, the Pretenders' first album? Yeah, that's a notable yeah. debut album. It, it really yeah. is. It really is. And, yep. and the, the timing was good on that too. You know that, that I call that post disco, early punk stuff. Where you know it's like rock had some revitalization. You know, the late seventies. Yeah. Stuff. Even you know Fleetwood Mac. You know the, the Rumors album seventy seven. It, it's California soft rock, and it's great. But there was something else. That there was no edge to it, even, really, to think about it. It's, what, it's very West Coast. What? But, you know, the Pretenders were their kind of English, kind of American. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Rumors was like their 13th album. Fleet Overall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was the first with Stevie and Lindsay, correct? No. There was an album called, uh, that, the album prior right. to that, yeah. where uh, uh, Mick Fleetwood has the dangling balls and Stevie Nicks is on the cover with him. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's got um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday morning, you sure? Look, that's on the record. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. That was prior to rumors. Yep. How, How about, about Smithereens? How about Smithereens' first record? Yeah. W- wow. That's been been a long time since I've even heard that. What is what's yeah. on the Smithereens' debut album? Do you know? Uh, behind we, the, we no, both had the um, records, man. They were yeah, we both yeah, did. It, yeah. It's got um. The, well, the big song was uh, "Blood and Roses," their first big single. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yep. Blood and, and, and Roses. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for those, for those, uh, the Smithereens. If you you might know them from their later hits, they were a New Jersey based band from Central Central Jersey, I guess. Yeah. Yep. M- m- middle Jersey. Um. But uh, yeah, they had some national hits. That's you know. Yeah. Led by the late great Pat Denizio. Yeah. Yep. Um, cigarette, cigarette. Watch the smoke line. I'm I'm a fan of the Clash's debut album. Well, I'm a fan of the Clash, but their yeah. debut album was uh was a good one too. And the cars, the cars, the cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roy Thomas Baker's drum production aside, that that was a big record. That had a lot of big hits though. That first re- Cars record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, Elliot Easton is the guy. How about yeah. Led Zeppelin's first record? Was that a success when it first came out? I think it was, I it was critically. Well, the critics never liked, you know, any of them. So they, they, they never, they never. Yeah. Did. In, in retrospect, they do. Right. But that, that was definitely that was an impact. That definitely came out. 
even some of these other, other there's always one hit wonder records too, like Iron Butterfly. You know, around the same time as yeah, yeah. Got a Devita. Uh, television, Marquee Moon. That's one of my favorite records. That's their debut album. Yep. 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 One of the biggest in the pre punk days was Patty Smith's Horses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know where all, Mark is. A lot, of these, a lot of these are considered classic records, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't care about the critics, whether the critics liked Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath. No, the critics hated Black Sabbath, you know, but uh, yeah. I had the record. <laughs> they hated Van Halen, too, I think. Yeah. Yep. What about, uh, you have any more uh, debut albums? Uh, notable That's kind of it for me. Memor- yeah. yeah, same with me. Uh, no. Mark, yeah. Mark's temporarily away. So, uh, so uh, It must be Sunday night. It must be Sunday night, yeah. When it's Sunday night, there is internet problem. Yeah. Do you know who was nominated for the Rock and Roll? No, who, you know, who's, who's going to go in and be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Pat Benatar. Who? Let's see, I'm good. I'm glad about that. I, I am too, but I'll, I think that someone mentioned that they didn't write a lot of their hits. They did covers. They did not. They didn't write... I mentioned it to you. They're like most of the songs okay. were covers. Yeah, yeah. You better yeah. run is a cover. The Rascals. The, the Rascals. Yeah. Then they covered um, uh, a lot of their stuff was covers. Yeah. 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 Yep. I, I, so is is the criteria for nomination into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Is it just your contribution to music? Does the fact that you're not the author of something? Well, it's Rolling Stone, so in? you know, sales has a lot to do with you know with that. Yeah, Duran Duran. Duran being inducted. I'm glad about that. Okay. Also, I, 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 I would never have said that 20 years ago. I would not probably have said that. not. I wouldn't have either. I would have said, <laughs> I would have said <laughs> screw not, not those guys. Right. I've come to realize, and having seen some documentaries, they're they're serious musicians. You know that, that yeah. whole period. It was, you know, given our age, that was almost teeny bob. It was teeny bopper in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. It was mar- it was marketed toward us. So my younger sister was a big Duran Duran fan. So I'm like, you know, all right, you know, yeah. here was a catchy song. And 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 uh, Dolly Parton like is going to be inducted. She originally she said, "Don't already. induct me," but then she changed her mind yeah. and. Uh, She's going to be inducted into the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Rolling Stone I, I, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Rolling Stone, yeah, yeah. The, the the Jan Venerving, yeah, of, yep. of the Rock and Roll. Um, now she's probably already in the Grand Ole Opry and the Country Music Hall of Fame already, I would think. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Hey, she's got Dollywood. I'd be shocked if she was. She's got Dollywood. <laughs> Dolly, come on, really, you can't deny her. She doesn't need it. The yeah. next, the next inductee, I don't know, man, Eminem. Impact. Yeah, I'm, I don't know about that one. Scott, uh, Scott, Scott McLean would disagree because he doesn't like his style. I, I, I don't. I'm not a rap authority. I don't, but... I don't think he. Well, you know, I should. I shouldn't say anything. But Eurythmics, uh, Eurythmics are uh, induct going to be inducted, and I'm glad about that as well. I, I am too. Yeah. Yeah. And Lionel having, Richie, having li- listen, listening back to some of that. Heck yeah, man. Of, yeah. The, the, the yeah. There was it was a different. It was a different kind yeah. of thing going on. And Dave, um, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart, as, yep. a, as a producer, was done like yeah, cool. Yeah, and um, Lionel Richie. I thought he might have been in already. I always uh, thought he was in, in he, too, but um, is he in as a solo? Where, where, where the Commodores put in first because he was in the yeah, Commodores. Yeah, I don't that. know, I don't know. Okay, but uh, you know, he he's one of those like adult contemporary guys. You know, with those soft ballads. You know that sure. he became. Hey, cool. Carly Simon's going to be inducted. 
For what? For what? Because, For what? well, they put, they put Carol King in, so they have to put somebody in like that, I suppose, you know? Uh, Maybe uh, Rolling uh, Stones has a deal with Simon King, and Schuster. Uh, I don't know. Carol King's on a whole other level, you know, going back to the Brill Building. Yeah. Did, somebody, did, did she write You're So Vain? Did she write Anticipation? Yeah, she's a, Carol, uh, yeah, Carly Simon's a songwriter. She's not rock and roll, though. She was folk. She had the Simon sisters. They were, they, you know, they were a folk uh, trio. And you know who else is Mock getting in? Bird. Jimmy Iovine. As a, then, you know, as a producer or whatever. Yeah. A big, yeah. He's, he's also, not only is he a producer, he's one of these, he's an executive in there. He's, he's like Irving Azoff. You know, Irving Azoff is yeah. like being probably the most, the most powerful man in show yeah. business. Is, um, he, he was also the CFO or CEO of Ticketmaster. At one point, yeah, yeah, and uh, didn't he have? Didn't he start that oh, record label, Interscope? Wasn't that him? I don't know. I think he started Interscope Records, oh. and uh, so anyway, those people are going to be inducted. I mean, Kate Bush was nominated, but she wasn't going to get the votes to. Uh, to oh, no. Judas Priest! Judas Priest is in. Sure, too. she will get in next time. I bet. Kate Bush? Uh, Kate Bush, yeah. Yeah, isn't that next problem? Uh, I'm Judas sure she doesn't really give a shit they, about it either way, you know. And Judas Priest got in, but they got in with some weird kind of They got in as a, it. yeah, as a, as a, yeah, I don't know what the category was, but it wasn't because of, uh, you know, it's because of their staying It, it wasn't heavy metal. It wasn't heavy Excuse metal. Me. Yeah, I don't know, but. Uh, Crap, that, 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 that's bullshit. They were huge. That's one of the first heavy metal bands I remember people talking about. This is this, you know, and there's a couple of, I think they led in an old blues person or an old blues singer or something like that, you know, but, uh, but how about the people who have been snubbed by this so-called yeah. rock and roll hall of shame? I think that's the way, <laughs> you know, that's the way they, they claim it, you know. Scott McLean may have called, they may have dubbed it that, you know, but the hall, the hall of shame, the hall of shame. Yeah. So the hall of popularity, of the, course, the, as the you keep of, mentioning the hall of inside club or something. America. What? God. I mean, they've been eligible in Fania. for decades now. Of course they have. They've they been started eligible. in 72. Yeah. Yeah. And what is the problem? My theory, we were, we were talking about this before. My theory is that they weren't considered, they weren't rock and roll. They were, they're in that category of AM, almost middle of the road in a lot of ways. I mean, so what? Uh, a lot of people, a lot of, yeah, exactly. But, you know, so was Neil Diamond. The I impact think they're in that, that they weird, had, like, they had an impact. Right, well, well, I, I mentioned the, the, the correlation between them and um, Seals and Crofts were. Seals and Crofts were of that same soft rock, California rock, West Coast genre. They were played on the same radio stations. They had tons of hits. Excellent musicianship, yeah, great songs, yeah. but are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Are, are bands like that pushed to the side because they're not either edgy enough? They were never considered cool. Cool. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just like, yeah. for instance, all right, Foreigner. They weren't. They weren't the Foreigner. cool kids from Brooklyn. Foreigner's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've they been, should. They've been eligible for for yeah. a long time now. I think that they have select good songs. I'm, I'm not a fan, so to speak. But I, I think they should be for what they were. I mean, like I said, in, in a period of time, I mean. Yeah. Lou, yeah, Graham, yeah. Lou Graham says it's politics, that there's somebody 
on the voting committee that just doesn't like foreigner or something? I, I would think so. The, it, it's like a little, it's like a little inside club grudge match, maybe. Yeah. As, as it, it, well, uh, can we mention the word elitist? Has it become that elitist? Yeah. Well, here's of, another source where Frampton. Je- has he been nominated? Yeah, he's, well, you're eligible after 25 years. I mean, this. Could, you, you... Well, there's eligible. Okay, so there's eligible, but it, was he ever nominated? Who would not nominate Peter Frampton? I, this uh, is it's amazing. Like, who are these people? Uh, you know? Yeah. ELO. Are you serious? Yeah, the great one of the Bull greatest fucking pop shit. Hit machines That's that there ever was. Jeff Lynne, right? And. and uh, Influential, important, everlasting. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yep. Wow. I mean, wow. come on with this Hall right. of Fame bullshit, you know? Here's another one that uh, Mark would appreciate, Kansas. Really? Yeah. Wow. Kansas has been uh, been snubbed, snubbed. by the uh, snubbed. cock and bull Hall of Fame. Yeah. 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 How about wow. the next one? Three Dog Night. Seriously? Really? Seriously? They should have been they should have been in years ago. They should have been decades in decades ago, maybe? They should have been in ago. ten years ago. Wow. It's unbelievable. You, you, you know something, Perry? That's a band I've come to appreciate more later in life than I did then. I, they, check it out. They're in that same AM radio milieu that America is in and Seals and Crofts. They weren't a main they weren't big rocks. They weren't cool. You know what I mean? Like they great songs. That, that, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's, that, that's bullshit. Well, I, but the categories that they come up with, you know, perform like don't oh, please, you know, here Jethro Tull, uh-huh. not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Jethro Tull. Scott Scott McLean would, would agree with that, but whether you like the music or side or not, yeah, they were they were up there with all the other classic seventies uh, yeah. uh, rock bands. They were also very different. Um, they're in the rock and roll circus, the Rolling Stones rock and roll circus. Right? Yeah, yep. Here's and, another one. Yeah, I, I like them to a point, but I still think those were records were influential, important. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, it was Tony Iommi playing guitar with uh, with Jethro Tull and that, but no, that, Jethro no it was Tull. Jethro Tull. Yeah. But right. that was uh, pre-recorded. They were playing to a backing track oh, okay. on that one. Yeah, a couple of them played to oh. a backing track. Marion Faithful played to the backing track. Jethro Tull. Played to a backing track. Did Michael Lindsay Hogg, the guy that directed Let It Be, he uh, did. Um, he did direct. He that directed movie, that. Yeah. Yep. I think that's what got him the gig with Let It Be. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Here's another one: Grand Funk Railroad. Not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm ambivalent about them, but they should be in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. You know, Carly they're not, Simon they're, and, they're and not in because, Foreigners. Grand, yeah, Carly Simon. Grand Funk's not in because of politics. That's definitely political. And I think it might be because of Mark Foreigner's politics. You know, like, yeah, I, what do I give a shit whether he's conservative or liberal? I don't care about that. You're supposed to or, judge or, him or by the music. You can't yeah. let the, the his politics yeah. get in the way of that. That's that okay, Jan but, Werner. That guy's a jerk off, man. By, by virtue of that, is um, Ted Nugent in? Right. Here's another group, but my ears are I, I, I don't know if he's in. But, but before we do that, you know the only good thing Ted Nugent has done is, you know the only good song he's ever been on is? 
that I've heard. Yeah, that, that, that heard. swirly song, the, the garage. Run along if you can. The Amboy Dukes. Yeah. Here's another group that's not in. If you would believe this, Lou. Bad Company. Dude, Carly Simon, bad company. <laughs> bad company. What is going on with this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Cheryl Crow will get in before they do. She'll be in next year. Uh, She'll be in yeah. next year. Oh, man. Now, I bet you a dollar bad, because bad, there was a documentary about her. Yeah. Yeah. Bad, bad company's not in. Bad company. Boston. And then, wait, not only is bad company not in, but the fact that Paul Rogers – and Simon Kirk go back to free. Go back to that free. That was free inducted. Yeah. Yep. And now free is inducted. They had one song. I'm sorry. Free had one fucking song. They had one you know smash I mean? hit. That's a, but that's all anyone really. So I they're mean, in the Rock and Roll Hall. Knew about they're them. in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Free. I, I, I'm not sure, but I'm saying if free is in, then why isn't Bad Company? Yeah, that so because yeah. Paul Rogers and Simon. Kirk I don't already think free are. is free. Probably isn't in there. Uh, uh, but wow, here's another one, uh, Boston. I mean. <laughs> I'm not a Boston don't fan, like him but should, they don't had like him smash, smash hits, man. They had smash you know? hits. Holy shite. Oh, I, would say, I would say the Boston record is probably the biggest record of my high school year. Yeah. Those, party those, yours those, too. The, the spaceship record, right? Yep. Yeah. I didn't have it, the spaceship guitar. I didn't have it, but I mean. I, Everybody I, had that I, record. I've never, I, I've never been a fan of them. I'm, that's, that's an ambivalent band for me. I didn't like the sound. I didn't like Neither did I. I, you know, yeah. as far as you know, the guitar sound. It's a one. He's a one trick pony. It's that that sound. Like I, I appreciate yeah. guitar players who every song yeah. sounds different. But yeah. that was oh, the sure. time. Yeah, smoking, did it smoking, uh, yeah. more than a feel. I mean, these are these are memorable hits. They they you Let know. Let me take you home tonight. Yeah, they can take you back to you know the seventies, sure. man. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Here's another one. But. but- but they're not in. But they're not. But they're in. not in. Neither is sticks. They shouldn't be. And, well, I'm not a fan, but I'm saying they. <laughs> no, no, no. These are big, big bands, man. You put know? them in. Put, put them in. Yeah. How about, about Ario Speedwagon? Yeah, I, I would like to see them all there with Dennis uh, Dennis DeYoung too. You know. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, John Panazzo is not there anymore. He, he passed away. He he left this earth. Yeah. The, the original drummer, he left, he died on the eve of a um uh, of one of their like, tours they were going to do in 97, 97 yeah. and 98. Sticks were making a comeback, and John Panazzo just. And that, 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 that should be part of our series now that Mark seems to be back. Mark is that, back, like, and I have one more back. who've been snubbed from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Toto. Wait, John Panazzo, wait, we should talk about John Panazzo when we talk about. Sticks. Because it's sad. So you said Toto's not in. Toto is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Screw them. They shouldn't be in. Uh, like I'm guys kidding. tonight? So, uh, <laughs> hey, Mark. Hey, welcome back. Yeah. Or I'm welcome back. Toto should be in. Is, is you, Led Zeppelin, you know, you know my is favorite Led Zeppelin song in is? the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My, my, my three favorite Toto songs? Yeah. Hold the line. And you supply the life, babe. I heard that song. That's, that's a pop song. Yeah. yeah. It is a pop song. Yeah. And 99. I never oh, knew that was Toto. Song. How does great that song. go? Yeah. 99. Woo woo. It's a 99. It's very that. catchy. It's very, it's very, it's, it's soulful, kind of like white, blue eyed soul, kind of late 70s production, I think, or early 80s, but very, kind of slick, but really good. From their second album, really Hydra. Their second, 
Their second so, album. Mark, oh, let right. me give you a brief recap of uh, okay. what we were doing. We were talking about bands that have been snubbed from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Foreigner. America. Frampton. 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 You're correct. ELO. Wow. ELO. America? You said America, right? America. Kansas. Oh, when you say a prog band, I get I get pissed. Yeah. Uh, three Dog Night. <laughs> Here's another one. Jethro Tull. Three, three Dog Night. Jethro, Jethro Tull. Tull. Yeah. Jethro Tull. ELO really gets me because they're, that, they're rock royalty. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They are. Perry, what did John uh, rock, Lennon say about rock royalty? ELO? He said something He's, like if Beatles stayed. He said, they, he said ELO picked up where the Beatles left off. That's it. Yeah. 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 Yep. There's so yep. many. Bad company. That is such that is such bullshit. Bad company. Yep. Boston, yeah. Sticks, and Toto, not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hootie and the Blowfish. Well, no comment there. We are going to circle back. <laughs> We're going to circle back to Hootie. Oh my circle- God! Who the hell cares? Yeah, I agree I with that. We're circ- <laughs> Hootie and Blowfish are going to get mentioned later on tonight. Uh oh. They are. That's the second band. That's the second band's going to get mentioned later. That's the only band I can use to prove to Perry that not everything is fabulous, in my opinion. Like, there's bands I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. like, honestly. <laughs> well, Mark, since you since yeah. you just got back, would you want to go into uh, some supergroup? Yeah, you know, prog fans love supergroups. Yeah, prog musicians like supergroups. They keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and we should just define for anyone that may not under, you know, a super group is basically yeah. well, notable artists from other bands that get together yep, and, uh, form a group and it doesn't have to be famous people. It could just be notable right. artists that, you know, yeah. so, so Perry, so since it was your idea, you want to go with super one? group, you yeah. roll Mark, you roll with it. Yeah. You want to do it? In All German right. it's called Uber group. <laughs> I'm going to go with a nineties super group or maybe two thousands. It debatable. I think they're all good musicians. Do you remember a group called the Thorns? Nope. It was Matthew Sweet, Pete Droge, yes. and Sean Mullins. And they covered Sean Blue Mullins. from the Jayhawks. But it's a great album. And I consider that to be a super group. Maybe not a world famous super group, but three In- notable musicians. Indie. Indie super group. Yeah, there you go. You- um, uh, Sean Mullins, what was his big hit? Oh. <laughs> Sing it. Rockabye. Yeah. Yeah. She's at a party with someone, someone in share. Oh, rockabye. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those acoustic guitar, almost blues, acoustic blues with a, like, a hip hop beat to it. Yeah. Nothing like, nothing like Everlast. Yep. But when they, when they right. did blue, I didn't know about the Jayhawks. So I thought it was okay, their right. song. And oh, I'm like, oh. this song's, I couldn't stop playing it. You know, <laughs> then Perry oh. gets me into the Jayhawks. I'm like, oh. They did it. <laughs> so, so I didn't do a prog as my first super group. So that's right. <laughs> Got another one. Me? Yeah. I'm going to go with one of the most well-known super groups that actually was popular. And that's Asia. You had John Wetton yeah. from UK and, uh, he was uh, from what? King Crimson. King Crimson. King Crimson. Yeah. Uh, Steve Howe from yes. Carl Palmer from Emerson, Lake and Palmer. And Jeff Downs, who had maybe two years away from the Buggles, video killed the radio star. I said radio star. Did you hear that? And uh, <laughs> and also toured with Yes. He played on the drama album. Now, that was a super group that said, we're just going to make 
popular songs, and they did it, and they were very successful. That was also one of the bigger debut albums, too. Yeah. Cool. All over MTV, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought that you'd see Steve Howe and Carl Palmer all over MTV? That That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> true, true. Have you got a super group, Lou? Yeah, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch. Um, I'm going to mention Rock and Roll Snubs. Um, bad Company. Ooh. Bad Company's a super point. group, right? Because there are a yeah, couple of guys group. from Free. Mm-hmm. You had Paul Rogers and Simon Kirk from Free. Right. Uh, Boz Burrell from King Crimson. Yeah. And Mick Ralphs from uh, Mata Hoople. Hoople. Yeah. And I would like to think he had to be rescued from Mata Hoople. <laughs> so, yeah, technically, that not, company not a, yeah. is a super group who made a but they came into their own. They made a lot of records. They sure did. Now, they were on Zeppelin's Swan Song Records, yeah. right? Yep. yep. Peter yeah. Grant managed um, them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you take "Can't Get Enough of Your Love," I mean that is a big song. That that is a big, as big a song as almost almost as big as all right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as far as and that, like I said, his drumsticks that... always went over his head every time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Simon Theater, Kirk. man, it's a theater mock show, man. Yeah, yep. But um, but they did. They, they had a whole bunch of they had a whole bunch of hits, a whole bunch of records yep. and stuff. And you know, Paul Rogers is still one of the greatest rock and roll singers. I, I you know, whatever you think, of, a lot of people didn't like Bad Company. They were not a critic's favorite, which is probably one of the reasons why they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. No, the I, critics didn't love them. I'm sorry, yeah. but I, I started laughing because I thought you're okay, you're okay, no, I thought you with your drumsticks over your head. At the Asheville Guitar uh, Bar. <laughs> I learned everything I know. I, I learned, Simon Kirk taught me everything I know. <laughs> I, and he's also paying tribute to our listeners in Germany, too. Much show, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Our listener in Germany. How about Blind Faith? They're a super yeah. group, right? Yeah. Yes, they were. With um, who was in Blind Faith? Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker was the drummer, correct? Yes. Yes, he Little was. Little Stevie Winwood. Yep. <laughs> Little Stevie Winwood. Eric yep. Clapton. Eric Clapton and and uh, either I don't know if it's Ricky Gretsch or Felix Papalardi. Rick Gretsch. Ricky Gretsch. Yeah. 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 Ricky Gretsch, yeah. Yep. There was a one album supergroup. Yeah. One right. album, yeah. They, we they're, yeah, they're, we yeah. have a category in the in the future uh, bands who just did one record or artists yeah. who just did one record, yeah. yeah. I, I listened to the Blind Faith record last week, and it's good, um, but it's interesting. interesting. It, it could have been more. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I find it interesting how Ginger Baker managed to fit into that band. Yeah, somehow. yep. And, and he wasn't. He wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to be in it. Yeah, Eric was not too happy about it. With the, uh, he just got out of cream. Yeah. yeah. But with the the Hammond B three organ too, you know, that's a different. That's a different little oh, uh, sure. feel there. But if you think about traffic with Steve Winwood, yeah, and um, Jim Capaldi was a different drummer. The fact that Ginger Baker managed, if you listen like Sea of Joy, yeah, yep, all these songs, Ginger Baker just did what Ginger Baker did, but he was so good at what he did, yeah, that he made all that stuff. And it's just amazing, yeah. You know, that alone. Well, speaking yeah. of that, Cream that was wasn't Cream a supergroup? Uh, you kind know, of, yeah. They, they, they were. They, they, Clapton was. I mean, Ginger Baker wasn't known before that. Only in the music circles, you know, that those yeah. jazz and blues bands that they play with. Clapton, Clapton was played Yardbirds, Yardbirds and the, the Yardbirds. Blues Breakers, yeah. right? Eric Clapton was but, God, you know. So. I, I think they were the first power trio. Yeah, power trio. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the Traveling Wilburys are a super group. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh God, God, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
huge. That <laughs> might be the biggest. <laughs> they're like a super group before they were a super group, just because of their reputation. I mean, and um, the fact that they, 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 let each, they let Jeff Lynne be in that band because, you know, having never been nominated in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he's only, oh, yeah, right. he only, produced, yeah. he only produced Cloud Nine and Tom Petty and all that. You know, he, yeah. whatever little yeah. shit he did, you know. He should be in service. He should be in as a songwriter, as a leader of ELO, Fuck as a producer. Yeah. He should be in for all those things, yeah. 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 As a singer. But, you know, Yan Werner or Yan Wemmer, whatever his friggin' name is, that guy. <laughs> you just don't Dean like him. Dean <laughs> I don't like him because he lets politics, he lets names politics here, get in the way of uh, of music. Yeah. You know, yeah. he shouldn't be okay. doing that, man. You know, he's a... What the fr- fuck he- is Tom Hanks doing on the board? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got I a super know, group. I, I don't know. Come on. You know, all right. I, I got a jazz super group for you guys. Uh, Whoa! Foreplay, foreplay. It had Bob James on keyboards. He, Bob James, if you don't know him, he wrote the theme to Taxi, but it wasn't written for the oh. TV show. It's from an album called Sports. Lee mm-hmm. Rittenauer, who we all know on guitar, we played yep. with uh, Steely Dan. There's a jazzy Nathan, guy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nathan East on bass. Nathan's uh, journeyman bassist played with Eric Clapton. That's was it was, and. Uh, the drummer was Harvey Mason, who basically was okay. just one of these jazz guys. Played with uh, George Benson, Herbie Hancock, and Bob James. Um, they in their next song band. It's a little bit of smoother jazz, but very good yeah. music. I have all their albums. Oh. A jazz band, jazz supergroup. A little j- little curveball there. Yeah, yeah. You threw me. Uh, the only other one I can come up with is Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. They were a supergroup, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's right. All known in their own right, and other bands, Birds, Hollies, right, and uh, yeah, yep. They, they were they were put together as like a a big you know, Asia was like a big super group. They were meant to be. I think the term super group maybe may not have been invented back then. No, I don't hmm. think so either. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But the fact that they came from the Birds, like said the Birds, Buffalo Springfield, and yeah, um, yeah, which is enough. You know, Buffalo Springfield is a band that is underrated as far as their influence. I've heard that they're from in the rock people. I think so too. I, yeah, yeah. I, I do too. Yeah. I think they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer guys? They were really a super yeah. group. Yeah, that, Keith Emerson. Really, from see, the I, nice. would, I wouldn't know that because I've you yeah. Know. At the time, you had Greg Lake yeah. who had just had a big hit with um, Core of the Crimson King. Oh, he was in King Crimson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keith Emerson and Carl yeah. Palmer was well known as a drummer. He was in the Crazy World of Arthur Brown. They had a big yeah. hit with Fire. He played drums on that? Yeah. No, he didn't play drums on the single. He played on the video. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 I got schooled by Lou. Wow. Ah. (laughs) My pleasure, son. I'm out of super groups, guys. So you guys are going to carry the category. I got a couple more. Do you have any, Lou? I I, got to. Yeah, let's hear. I got to. You guys roll with it. I got it. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll go. um, Derek and the Dominoes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. have God. You have God on guitar. You know, no, he's not God. Um, the legendary session player Jim Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wrecking. He's he, he's like a junior member, satellite member of the Wrecking Crew. Um, yeah. a story unto himself. Bobby um, Whitlock. Bobby Whitlock. Well, he was well known, in, like with the Rolling Stones, and just being a session guy. And um, Carl Radle, same thing. But um, Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers. That was you know on slide guitar and, and guitar. So that was a super yeah. group. But he and wasn't in the band, Dwayne Ullman. He wanted he, to join. He, he, he was not in the band, join. though. 
yeah. but when when they when they appeared on television on the Johnny oh, Cash yeah, yeah. show, Dwayne Ullman wasn't there. He just appeared no. on the record. He's on the yeah. record, but, yeah. but he was. But he's part of the record because of who he was. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that was when I th- they did a live album, but I think that was it. That was it for yeah. Um, Derek he, and the Dominoes. But then, I heard he wanted to join Derek and the Dominoes. He really did want really? to, but you know, he you did. have obligations. You're with the Allman Brothers, and they yeah, said, nah, 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 you're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and the Allman Brothers were riding at that point. Seventy one. They were. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They were riding high. Yeah. Everybody yeah. had their records, man. Yeah. 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 Yep. What you got, Mark? Okay, I've got. Let's move it up to a little more modern age, the two thousands. Chicken Foot. You ever hear them? Yeah, yeah. Sammy right. Hagar. Sammy Hagar. Hagar. Joe the, uh, Satriani Mike, on guitar. Michael Anthony. And Michael from, Anthony on uh, yep. the bass. Yep. And Will Smith. Who's on drums? I mean Will Smith. I mean Chad. Chad Smith. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chad, Will, Chad. Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah, yeah. Chad Smith Same on thing. drums. Very good rock and roll. Just no. BS huh. rock and roll. I love yeah, their albums. I, I've you know? seen them on TV playing somewhere. Like, yeah, man, they're you know they're loud, they're raucous. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I did, and, I did know it was Joe Satriani. Yeah, and, and it's the only time what? Joe oh. played with a group. He's never yeah. done that before in his career. Sam wow. Hagar, that guy can sing, man. You know, yeah, he can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a far better singer than David Lee Roth. You know, I you know. like Van Halen's Hagar years. That's my Amazing. personal, yep. but I've been crucified for it many times. I think they had better songs. Well, it's not it's been, calling them Van Hagar is not as they know, went it's on. Not as an it's not I mean, yeah, it's just a, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and th- that's one of the things about the early Van Halen is that I think you know if you look at his songwriting from that period, the early period, there's a handful of great songs, and they're all in um, Fair Warning. Fair Warning is um, my favorite Van Halen. Album, it's, actually. it's the best. <laughs> it's, it is the best Van Halen record. Yeah. The song, I can't believe that the, the, the songs were considered not good enough, but Mean Streets, put some horns on that song. Yeah, yeah. You could do you could do a rocking big band rocking arrangement. Yeah, yeah. But and, um, those album cuts are great. I don't want to hear about it later. It's one of my favorite yeah, Van Halen songs. But and then his playing yeah. on that album, the noodling, it's that's the album that convinced me that he really was influenced by Alan Holdsworth. He's got some real almost okay. jazzy fusiony playing. If you listen, yeah, that's what I love yeah. about the album. And he, yeah. it's a shame that whenever Eddie got his way, guess what? You know, the album wouldn't do yeah. good. So then Diver Down right. comes out with more of the covers and originals, you know. Right. But I bet you that record is every musician's favorite record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Eddie Trunk's hours. he was doing top, uh, your favorite Van Halen albums, and he would ask, are you a musician? Overwhelmingly, people that were musicians said fair warning. Non-musicians, wow, okay. it was like yeah. 1984, Women and Children yeah. first, but they're all good. Yeah, they're all good albums. Yeah, they are, but 1984 is not the best record. No, no. I had, that was the first time I heard Van Halen songs that I skipped over. Really? Yeah. Really? It's like, it just said, oh. drop dead legs. Come on. And the sound, the production is atrocious. <laughs> atrocious. It, it, I, I agree. I, I, when, I, when the record came, I said, I don't like the, drum, the, the uh, production on the drums on Panama. Yeah. I like the song, but the, the, it does not sound like Alex Van Halen's drum kit. It's, that's not his snare drum. It's just, it's mushy. It's muddy. Compressed. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how that got out. I mean, you know, and then after that, the, they did fifty one fifty, which had the same sound. You know, something changed. Yeah. Um, but the first, mm. the first album up to Fair Warning, if you really turn those albums loud, they have very good fidelity, very good drum sounds. Yeah, yeah. Diver Down mm. was a little oh. thin, but it still sounded good. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know? you're right. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the first two records. The drum sounds are, are really good. Yeah, another, they are. Yeah. Another, another another underrated drummer because of his brother. Yeah, you know that's true. That's and he true. got all the attention. But Alex, I tell people, I said he's a big band jazz hard rock drummer. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, if very you, unusual. And if anyone listens to fair warning, try just turn take down the right speaker, listen to just the left speaker, you're going to hear Eddie and Alex without Michael. If you listen to the right speaker, it's Alex with Michael. So if you like bass and drums, you'd like the right speaker. Yeah. But that's what the Van Halen brothers, they would just jam together, writing songs yeah. without a bass player. So but that they're left not a super is, group. They're... Van Halen's not a super group. No, no. no. We, we were just talking about, oh, talking about an album. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. if, you take, if you take the uh, center swing, uh-huh. and the, Alex Van Halen's drumming, it, yeah. it's very jazzy. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah. Yep. So Perry's back. Uh I'm just going to finish my thing with three because there's a connection. There's three rock slash progressive supergroups that kind of fed into each other, and they all have one member that was the same. Now, supergroups do not have to be like Asia, right? A ton of people knew about, you know, in the prog world, the supergroup is musicians that everyone holds in high esteem. So you have a band called Transatlantic, Mike Portney of Dream Theater on drums, Pete Trawavis, I cannot say his name, the bass player from Marillion, Royn Stolt, the guitar player and singer from the Flower Kings, and Neil Morse from a band called Spock's Beard. And they just, they do 30-minute songs. Perry, you could go shopping in the time of their songs, you know, and come back and wash your dirty clothes and come back, still be on. Prog metal, right? Yeah, yeah. That fed into, kind of morphed into a band called Flying Colors with Mike Portnoy, and Neil Morse again, <laughs> but this time with Steve Morse on guitar from the Dixie Dregs and, and well, Deep Purple Kansas. and the Dave LaRue Pur- on bass from the Dixie Dregs. So that was an interesting, and they've put out about four albums. They're, they still get back together and record. And then Mike Portnoy, this is all Portnoy. Jeez. They called the Winery Dogs. <laughs> winery then Dogs I, are I Mike heard Portnoy. Of them. Power I've heard of that group, yeah. yeah. Uh, Billy Sheehan on bass from... Talis mm-hmm. and David Lee Roth and Richie Kotzen, who any guitar player knows him. He's just one of these guys that did a lot of guitar albums, but he also had a, a brief tenure in Poison and he uh, got one of the band members' girlfriends to cheat uh, with him. When you do that, you're out of the band. So whatever. Um, right, right. He's a right. great singer. And if you guys ever just want to hear mm-hmm. no bullshit rock and roll, listen to the first Winery Dogs. Great written songs. Re- really good. Richie Kotzen has a very bluesy voice. For a guy that came about in the 80s with all the shredding and everything, he's he's morphed into more of a bluesy guitar player and, and singer. So, uh, yeah, those are three. It's uh, Mike Portney loves supergroups. So what do you got? Well, okay. Prog supergroup. I got one called um, <laughs> BLT. Yeah. <laughs> I know them. It's not what you think, of course. It is... Uh, Jack Bruce, uh, Bill Loudon, or something from, <laughs> and Robin Trower. I just like it because it was BLT. I mean, yeah. Didn't think, didn't they? It was the first the album like a sandwich. Yeah, know. it was. I have it. Yeah. Do you have it? Is, is it in your album reveal? I hope so. No, uh, not you, today. Can no. It? Can you make it one? Do you have it? Wait, why don't you tell me about it, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Hey, what year was it? Please. 78 maybe it was the 70s okay i'm thinking 70 was it was it a one and done was it one album no they Before. think they did a second not that the first one was really successful but i think the second one really went nowhere and then trower and bruce <laughs> did a bunch of albums together like they did that, a, that's right yeah yeah 
So, Lou, uh, I can't believe you didn't have any country supergroups on there. You guys missed one big one, unless you have it. Oh, the Highwaymen? There you the go. Highwaymen? Yeah. yeah. Johnny yeah, Cash, yeah. Chris Christopherson, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings. But do you ever hear of old dogs? No. Will- Waylon Jennings, Mel Tillis, Bobby Bear, and Jerry Reed. And they have some Bobby albums Bear. out. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Okay. That's a supergroup. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jerry Reed, is he the guy that's in the movies also? He yeah, well, he, he passed away. Eddie. He's gone, Jerry Reed. But yeah, he's okay. a great guitar player, and uh, had his own Smoke. had had some songs of his own out there. And recorded many records, yeah. wrote a couple songs that Elvis recorded. Yep, and he was in Smokey and the Bandit, and he was yep. the uh, yep, yeah, yeah. And There's then a couple to mention here. Yeah, go oh, ahead. What? There was one Damn super Yankees. group that never recorded. Did you ever hear of the best? No. They tried to record, but they did tour. It was Keith Emerson, John Entwistle, Joe Walsh, Jeff Skunk Baxter, and Simon Phillips on drums. And I have the VHS. Wow. And they they yeah. toured. They had a, a singer that nobody knew of. And they would, for the tour, they just did, you know, they would do each, like, suggest, they would do a Steely Dan song. They yeah. would do an ELP song. But they went they to the studio record, and tried. There's really no documentation of it. Oh, yeah, than, there is. There's a DVD out. It's official. Oh, they were a group. Then, well, then, then it's okay. Well, yeah. there's documentation. I'm fighting yep. the rules. <laughs> All right. Well, are we I, done? I What's heard... happening here? Lou, you no, have more? No, no, no. we're not done. I, I got one, one more minute. I heard um, Pete Townsend's Give Blood on the radio the other day. Uh-huh. That's Simon Phillips on drums. He's amazing. He is, and I've seen. He was him. the perfect. He was the perfect replacement for Keith Moon because he could play, but he was much more disciplined, much more. You know, Keith Moon was a one of a kind wild card. But yeah. Simon Phillips had that, but he had the discipline because um, the, the drums in that song is amazing. And I, I'm thinking. I think I saw him like multiple Harvey. times. I saw him two times with the Who, and I seen him at least six times with Toto. Yeah, so he, he's he's fabulous, fabulous. Um, so, and how about a couple more super groups? We got um, Damn Yankees. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Temple of the Dog. Yeah. yeah. I'm going hungry. Um, Bad English. John John Waite from the Babies. Mm. Uh, Neil Sean and John Jonathan Kane from Journey. Uh, yeah. The Power Station. Robert Palmer. Oh and yeah. Duran Duran yeah, boys. A couple of Duran Durans. Um, yep. Right. And Paul Rogers had a couple. The Firm. He had the. Yep. Yeah. Radioactive. Yep. I'm radioactive. <laughs> and yeah. and the band, crap, the band that had Chris Cornell and then the guys from Rage Against the Machine. That was, um, damn, I'm forgetting their name. I don't know. Uh, I give up. I don't know. Uh-oh, yeah. Lou's frozen up. It's a bad night for me and Lou. All right, so you, you mentioned somebody singing blues before, right? Could I mention? Can you identify this blues singer for me? Okay. Okay. You know, that's Midnight Special, right? I You just slowed down the Creedence album. That's exactly what it is. Somebody <laughs> somebody on the internet slowed down Creedence, and it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like someone else. Yep. I was joking. I was saying, but that, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. You picked up on it. Yeah. That's freaking fabulous. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> we lost Lou. We got to. He's going to come back. Uh, 
he's going to come back. We got to search for him. <laughs> Will you search him for me? No, we're searching for Lou. Yeah, he didn't search for me. I was out at sea. I was on a raft. <laughs> Lou, we're looking Wait, for you. Do we see him yet? We'll Not find yet. him. Not yet. He'll be back quicker than I was. I love my cable company, by the way. They give me the best internet. I just wanted to say that. So, so, um, you know, I've got, uh, did you, did you hear about that movie with, uh, it was called Studio 666. It's a Foo Fighter movie. I got it. I haven't watched it yet, but I got it. It's, it's kind of, it's, I mean, it's self-indulgent, but it's kind of funny. You know, they're all, the Taylor Hawkins is there and, uh, yeah. they're all there. And there was this, you know, fiendish book. And Dave Grohl was taken over by some devilish character. And it was like a funny little thing, you know. And uh, I don't know who wrote it or whatever, but it was a little self-indulgent. And why not? You know, they're, why not? they're the exactly. Foo Fighters, right? Yeah, yeah. They can. Yeah. They really are, can do what they want at this moment. They, yeah. They can, play yep. with, they can play with Paul McCartney. They can play with anybody they want. They can call anybody. So they're at the top. And even with the unfortunate yeah. passing of Taylor, they're still big. Now, did 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 Rush have a song called "Roll the Bones"? Like, is that a marijuana song? Uh, no, it's about taking chances. It's on the album "Roll the Bones." And oh, it's see, got I the... hear "Roll the Bones," I think you know, it's a marijuana song, right? <laughs> no, no, but um, no, it's Dice. But uh, uh, it's the only Rush song with a rap in the middle. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's a rap in there, really? Yeah. Jack, relax. We're we're searching for loose some gluteus max. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nerdy rap, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's good. Lou, where Remember are you, that, Lou? In that movie, The Big Lebowski. Gotta wash my dirty undies. Do you remember the group that he hated? The dude hated. No, you got me. He hated the Eagles. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> Well, I hate white Russians, and the dude drank white Russians, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I think I have a little uh, a little thing here about uh, somebody I want to talk about. And when he drank the white Russians, it would get on his mustache. I hated that. <laughs> here, this this little thing here. Over the line. Oh. Yeah, but I balked for a sleeping. moment, but I'll go all night if you want me to. Just throw money. Throw money. Ready? I decided right now I'm changing the name of the album to Throw Money. <laughs> okay? That's that's Todd Rudgren, Something Anything. That came out 50 years ago, 1972. Wow. Yeah. One of my favorite ago. albums. It's a it's a long record. I mean, there's a lot of lot of gibberish on there, and that was a little bit of gibberish, you know, like uh, but he was the he was like uh he was the studio whiz. You know, before Prince, he was the studio whiz guy. Yeah. And um, yeah. was that his first album? No, he was in that no. group, the Naz, I think they were oh, called. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm talking about solo. Was that his first solo album? Do you know? Oh, you know, I don't know. It may, may very well have been. Yeah. But he was up at, uh, you know, he became the engineer at Beersville. Mm hmm. Up, uh, up there. And, um, yeah. and, um, so, you know what? While we're waiting for Lou, do you want to go into some overrated guitar players? Yeah, I want to hear you. I don't have too many of them. There's a couple of them, a couple of guitar players that I think are really overrated. 
I'm going to say a couple that I really like. So it's kind of heresy. Like yeah, I love okay. their music, but uh, I think is I don't know. It's who as a guitar player, it's hard for me to say a guitarist is overrated because I'm not that good. But then again, when people say it, it just is a back thing on that. When you get the guy that comes at you, oh, he's the best. He's the best. He's all. That's yeah. what makes you think a guitar player yeah, is overrated. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, give me one. I think the guy from Grand Funk Railroad is way, way overrated, Mark Farner. Good point. I recently saw them on uh, some festival from 1970 or whatever. And, you know, of course, they're dragging out the songs, you know, with the, you know, the bass going boom, 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 boom. And, and he's just playing around it. And he's really overrated because every riff he plays, he plays it twice. Then he goes to another riff. He plays that twice. Then he goes to another riff. He plays that twice. So in other words, he's not. He's an overrated guitar player, in my opinion. Mark Farner mm. from Grand Funk Railroad. Point. I'm not. Look, you know what I mean. He's just. Uh, when you gauge guitar players, he's not one of the better ones. Mm. They had some great songs. I'm not saying yeah. anything against that. I'm yeah. just saying, like I saw him at a festival, and. Yeah, you know what? He wasn't that good. Very predictable. Everything mm. he did was predictable. Yeah. Mark yeah. Farner, Grand Folk Railroad. Yep. Yep. Well, who do you think is overrated? It's going to kill me to say it because I like this band. I love him. You're not fond of him too much, but I am. And uh, I love his songs that he's written. But I think Brian May, without all the effects, he's kind of a pedestrian guitar player. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely agree. It's first off, it's that one guitar sound. Yeah. You know, with me, except on that song where he played a telly mm. on this crazy little thing called Love. That was, he yeah. actually had a reverby, you know, Fender sound on that. Yeah. But you're right. It's all, to me, it's all like the guy from Boston. It's all one sound on every song. And, uh, and, and I've seen, I have a, I have a lot of concert DVDs from Queen and I watch him and he's a, he actually is a very stiff soloist. And that's, I'm too. So I'm not saying, you know, as a, yeah. but he had, to, like, if you see him on, when they were on Saturday Night Live back in the eighties and they played crazy little thing called love and he does the first half of the song with the Telecaster, he's trying to do that solo. And he was at, like, he did it, but it was very, very stiff. You know, there was not much feeling. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think he has the feeling thing down. He's a very techno. He's a scientist. So in the studio, you yeah. know, fabulous, but it's always that one sound. And I heard, I heard that he plays with a, like a, a British coin instead of a guitar yeah, pick. Yeah. He uses a British coin, right? Uh, yep. Six and, pence or whatever it was. And from the first album up to their last album, two things remain the same. His guitar sound and his hair never changed. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know who yep. I think is an overrated guitar player? Ted Nugent. Yep. Come on. Four frets is a lot, Nugent. man. <laughs> I've seen Ted Nugent, and he just, you know, he stays within his five frets. Yeah. And that's it. I'm granted. I know he knows the scales. Excuse me. I'm not used to talking so much. Well, you heard me gaff, uh, crap up before. <laughs> Don't talk about the drumsticks, please. I start laughing when I hear that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Ted uh, Nugent, I think, is overrated. Great, yeah. you know, great tone. I'm not saying anything about his guitar tone. He has a great command saying, of feedback. You know, um, yeah, great tone. And yeah. uh, I've seen him live, so I know that... Uh, but even then, even when I was a teenager and I saw him, I thought, 
he's not that good, man. He's just not that good. Mm-hmm. You know, he it looks flashy, but he's here. You know, he's doing the scales right here. He never yeah. goes anywhere else except right where he is. Yep. He won't That's go his comfort here. Zone. Jimmy Page will go here, and then he'll go here, and then he'll go here. Ted Nugent won't do that. He'll just stay, you know, Kiev, and then mm-hmm. he's going to do his riff there. It sounds great. What I'm yeah. saying is I think he's an overrated guitar player. I think his biggest talent, he used to play the hollow body back in the 70s. He would able to be able to go on stage, and this is the 70s when you had the amps yeah. cranked behind you and not feedback. That's pretty cool. That's you know, like, that, you plug yeah, a that's, hollow that's body. What they say about those hollow bodies, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, it leads into who I'm going to give an overrated guitar player, and I'm going to say George Thorogood. And just like yeah. Ted Nugent, when you're drinking and you're drunk, oh, this is good stuff. Or if you if you're not a guitar player, like people that don't play guitar, they're like, yeah, yeah. this is really good. But, you know, George Thorogood is just, he's slide, and he does a good slide, but he's an open tuning for my yeah, It's understand. an open E, and believe me, I've, I've, had, I've played a guitar in open E, and I can do all that George Thorogood stuff. Anyone can yeah. do it. Yep. Open E is the easiest open tuning to play in, and that's what George Thorogood is. Mm-hmm. He does the Hank Williams song in open E. He does all that stuff in open E. Yeah. Yep. And yep. if I hear uh, Bad to the Bone one more time, I'm just, if I'm driving, I'm going to go into a telephone pole. I can't take yeah. that song. <laughs> now, here's the guy I think is overrated, too, is the guy Slash. Now, I know he's a great guy and all that stuff and, you know, a lot of charitable work. I'm just saying is I'm not a fan of his overall tone. And I've seen him. I've seen him in, you know, Guns N' Roses. I've seen him in the, you know, the Snake Pit. Or mm-hmm. the, was he in the Velvet Revolver or, you know, groups yeah. like that. And uh, yeah, I, it's just, I, I think he's an overrated guitar player. Slash. He's he's got he's got that really nice tone for soloing. He definitely has the tone, the silky tone. Yeah, um, yeah. not breaking any new ground though. I don't even no. think he would think he broke new ground. Um, you know. By the way, I love to tear apart someone that says they're the best. And just to go real quick back to Ted Nugent, I remember he was in studio on Imus's yeah. show, and I was watching it when it was on MSNBC. Yeah, and he's sitting there going, "I'm the best guitar player in the world." Now, if Slash said, like, I'm the best guitar player, I'd be like, oh, shut up. You know, it's, I don't like yeah, people you, to say that. Nobody the top is hat the off of his head, yeah, if, uh, <laughs> if he said that, yeah. Yep. But um, you're right. I mean, you know, he, he if he didn't hit it so big with Guns N' Roses, he'd be considered a good guitar player, but he's like an icon because he was in Guns N' Roses and the top hat and the black leather jacket. You know, that's his image. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's you're right. He's just got that image. Yep. Yeah. How do you feel about this guy from Metallica, Kirk Hammett? I'll give you my opinion. Oh, we yeah. got him back. He's back. Can we Not hear yet. him, Luke? What do you think about Kirk Hammett? Do you think he's overrated? I'm gonna say. I'm disappointed in him as a guitar player because just like Steve Vai, he studied with Joe Satriani. Yeah, yeah. He should be more of a virtuoso. Personally, I find his solos to be a little less than stellar. Um, I don't I, think I, I can play I, his I solos. I, I, uh, and I hear, you know, I just, uh, he, it works for Metallica, but I'm surprised that they have him. Um, he loves the wah-wah. You know, so here's wah, the thing, wah. too. Like, I have no Metallica records. Never had a Metallica record. I don't to this day, probably never will. 
but I love these rock docs that I see. I'm with Scott McLean on this one. Like, I love rock docs, man. Mm, I've seen mm. documentaries on Metallica. I love I like them. I like watching yeah. this shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of Kirk Hammett, and I, I think he's a bit overrated. I, I They sound great. They're a great band. I love, yeah. you know, but I think he's a little overrated. And again, he probably would be the last one to say he's some fabulous, great guitar player, but one thing I'll give him, He's the steady guy in the band. So when you watch some kind of monster where everyone says their issues and they're running off, and Kirk's like, whenever we record, I'm there. So he's probably the most stable guy in that band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's out surfing or something. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. <laughs> surfing. <laughs> yeah. How about who else do you think is overrated? I'm going to go with Andy Summers. And I'm not saying that tons of people say he's a great guitarist, but I do know people that say, oh, he's an awesome guitarist. I think he's a better songwriter than a guitarist. I have a solo, a couple of his solo albums, but yeah, if he takes away the effects, he's just playing basic stuff, you know? Yeah. But I think, yep. again, he was made overrated by people, not himself. He would, like I said, he's yeah. the last guy in the world that would ever say I'm a great guitarist, you know? But I was always, because I look at guitar players, so whether it's a police, a pop band, or a funk band, I want that guitar player to move me. Like the Isley Brothers, that was good guitar playing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Police. Yeah. So with the police for me, yeah, kind of, yeah, it's that eighties sound, that, that chorusy sound. And then you yeah. just hit a C chord and you sound great. <laughs> How about this dude, Zach Wild? <laughs> microphone, microphone. Oh, How about this dude, Zach Wild? I like Zach. I don't think he's overrated in my opinion. He's got a very unique guitar sound. Um, he, when he first hit it with Ozzy, that first album, I went, whoa, something about his sound. Yeah. Uh, you know, but um, I wouldn't call him the best guitarist in the world. You know, he's got a great chunky rhythm. And he also surprised me is he's got that Southern rock thing down. Like he was with Ozzy. I thought he was a great yeah, like heavy metal, heavy metal. Then he started playing like, you know, jamming with Skinner. And I was like, whoa, this guy's got the chops. And he's from New Jersey, too. Go figure. Oh, is he from New Jersey? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But that's one, of, that's one of the heaviest guitar sounds. If you listen to No Rest for the Wicked, the first album he did with Ozzy, it just hits you like a ball. He's I like him. I'm not going to tell you he's the best guitarist in the world. Uh, if someone says that, then he's overrating him. How about if I uh, how about if I play for you a couple of these riffs that I think were borrowed from other songs? Okay. All right? Now... Oh. We, we've talked about this in the past on the old show, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's some that are like, uh, for instance, this one right now. We, we've discussed this before on the old show and about uh, Nirvana borrowing this riff from Killing Joke, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now that's a that's a borrowed riff. That's huge borrowed riff. You know? <laughs> that that's, riff that's was big. borrowed from yeah. uh Yep. Yep. Now I've got another one here and this will uh this will this will not be I just have to forward to the part that I need. I'm shocked that Nirvana didn't get sued. Well, you know, maybe I'm not sure how that worked out, but uh 
Maybe. What you got? Now this one. Now you'll know what it was borrowed from. Get me now, I'm calling you. Right. Get me now, I'm calling you. But that's you. borrowed from the Rolling Stones. Am I back? You're back. You're back. You're back. That's with borrowed from the Rolling Stones. Jumping Jack Flash. Jumping Jack Flash. Good yeah. point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What have I missed? What, what have I missed? You didn't miss. Uh, you all you did was you I missed, missed a lot. Uh, Don't tell me. We sent out the radar to look for you. We were looking for you. They didn't find me. Uh, yeah. No. no, we yeah. searched though. We had radar searching for you. <clears throat> we were talking about um, overrated. We guitars. talked about a couple overrated guitar players. I threw in the guy from Grand Funk Railroad, Mark Farner. As overrated. Was Mark Farner considered a great guitarist? No, not to me. He wasn't. Okay. I know people no. that do consider him like the biggest guitarist of the 70s. I don't know why. I never even. Really? When I hear Grand Funk, I don't notice the guitar. Doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, if you're the yeah. best guitarist, you're going to notice the guitar. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, um, I, like I was telling Mark, I saw a, like a, uh, a festival from 1970, and Grand Funk was like the headliner there. So of course they're just dragging out the songs, you know, with Mel Satcher, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and like now, nah, Mark Farner's not that good. He's way overrated, man. Way overrated. Yeah. Is he is he overrated? Is ever clapping? Well, <laughs> you know, you'll is always you get an argument him? there. Yeah. Um, in I'm not, memory, I'm not of my... saying he's not. I'm not saying he's not great, or effortless, or worthy of his place in rock history. But overrated, I would say. Yeah. Well, let's just yeah. say, did he ever equal the heights of Cream after Cream? No. No. So no. I also, yeah. uh, I also said Ted Nugent was overrated. But, you know, that's my. Uh... So anyway, we and moved highly, on to like uh, we we moved on to borrowed riffs. So you just heard that one. The Kinks borrowed um, Jumpin' Jump Jack, Jack Flash, Flash. right? Yeah. Now here's one. We've spoken about this. We covered this on the old show, by the way, too. And this one is um Yep. David took the piano. David took the piano sound from from there, <laughs> right? Didn't they? Yeah. I mean yeah, really. It's, it's, it's nicely borrowed, yeah. Now I've got one here. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it I've I've read that you two borrowed the riff for Gloria from Public Image Limited. Public Image Limited was a great band. They were a really good band. So let me Ginger play this Baker. riff and you'll see if you recognize anything borrowed by you two. Some people think that you two lifted that that uh, riff from uh, "I Will Follow" from. Uh, really? Yeah, it's I'm, similar. I have to hear it again. I have to hear it again. But I don't know. Yeah, and uh, of course, I uh, a, a much lower key. I think too. I will follow. Yeah, maybe yeah. More, more rhythm, more rhythmically than say I don't know melodically. I don't know. Well, this is the only other one you missed, Lou. Is, uh, is Nirvana taking this uh, taking this riff from Killing Joke? Oh. 
That's blatant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is uh oh, wow. Yeah. That's a rip. <laughs> yeah, hey, wow. that was uh I, I got one for you. What do you got? Oh, go ahead. Play that. No, I'm looking for something else. Okay. Listen. Well, we'll twist. Listen to this, all right? Is that you playing? What song does that sound like? Metallica. Yeah, that's Excel tapping into the emotional void. It came out before Enter Sandman. I've heard that. I've read that. I couldn't find it, but I heard that the lift for Enter Sandman was borrowed. Yeah. Yep. So you don't know if they gave him a ton of money. You just don't know. How about this riff here? Does this sound familiar to you? There's a town I know where the hipsters go called Go Bedrock. Twitch, twitch, twitch. twitch. When you get an itch, then you do the twitch in Bedrock. Twitch, twitch. Right? Rock and roll. Rock roll. Rock roll. (laughs) Borrowed that riff from Chuck Berry, didn't he? Okay. All right. (laughs) That's a great song, by the way. Yeah. In honor of you, because you were asking me about this the other day, yeah. here's our all time favorite. All right. Oh, that's the that's the one where uh You found it, good. That's the yeah. Portuguese-Brazilian jazz lady, right, who uh, Richie Blackmore borrowed smoke on the water from them? Yeah. It's, right? It's a, you know, I, it's like you think, did he take it, or is it just a coincidence? That smoke on the water is a riff you could easily just stumble on on guitar, but that's yeah. uncanny. Yeah. <laughs> Was that artist Gilberto? Is that it? Yes. Astrid Gilberto. Gilberto. Quiet Astrid Maria. Gilberto. But it's smoke on the water. That's the smoke on the water yeah. riff. Yeah. 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 Yep. That was cool. I didn't know we were doing barred riffs. You guys didn't tell me. Harry yeah, told me tonight. I, I mentioned it, and uh, it was just a small, small category. In fact, I think we're done. Well, like look, it. guys, I'm not going to play anything, but. I, I would like to hear more. You got more? Do you have more? Well, listen. Listen to Radiohead Creep and then listen to the Hollies, the air that I breathe. Yeah, that I breathe. well, I've yeah, heard yeah. that too. Yeah. And there was, there yeah, was like yeah. lawsuits. And then there was another one where Lana Del Rey borrowed the So there's like cross, you know, cross lawsuits. I mean, you know. Yeah. And then so, a lot I of mean, people. The, go ahead. A lot of people summer, bring up summer, Green Day. I think Summer of Sadness might have been the song that he had. Green Day borrowed a lot. Well, they people. say brain stew. They ripped off twenty five or six to four. I don't consider it a rip off, but it's definitely the same chords. <laughs> we on on our old radio show, we did we cover those because I was playing them on my laptop. Shh, you miss it. I'm uh, rehashing. You're not supposed to tell yeah, anybody. Yeah, <laughs> this is redux. Of, yeah, mate, Mark. Apparently, the, the lost episodes of Music Girls podcast still exist out somewhere. You just have to find them. There's if you a want boot? to find them, they're out there. They're on telephones. They're out there. Yeah. They're we're really out there. We, we were in soup so, cans. We were, we were fucking out there. <laughs> so I got to say that, uh, I, I, Lou, while you were out, I was asking Mark uh, in the movie The Big Lebowski, remember the, the band that the dude hated so much? The Eagles. He hated the Eagles. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
And I was asking Mark if that uh, that Rush song, Roll the Bones, was about marijuana, and he says no. No, it's not. <laughs> and I told Perry no. about the rap in it. Uh, on the rap, was that Neil Peart on the rap? I thought it was, but then I found out it was, oh, it might be Getty with a voice thing. Somebody else. Oh, really? I always thought oh, it okay. sounds like Neil. It really does. I, I, but... I thought I thought it was. I thought it was him. I can hear you, him doing it. When you rap and you say gluteus max in a rap, you assume it's Neil Peart. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, I have to say, uh, I have to say bravo, bravo to Jackson Brown. <clears throat> Because Four. on our last episode, I played the guitar solo for Jesse Ed Davis on Dr. My Eyes. Yeah. And we had a copyright claim on it, loading it up to YouTube. Okay. And so I, I clicked on it, and it said, look here for more information. And it said, the copyright owner allows you to play it on YouTube. So, Jackson Brown, you're a good guy, man. You oh, know? wow. Cool. Yeah. Well, yep. All right. All yep. right. So, you know, we didn't get blocked. But it yeah. did say the 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 owner allows you to you play the song on YouTube. Yep. Okay. So Jackson now, Brown, um, you're a good guy. Yeah. And our good friend from um, formerly of Knoxville, Sotmitter Singh, recently listened to For Every Man, and he was saying what a great record he thought it was. And I told yeah. him, I said that's that's really like the only Jackson Brown record I like in entirety. Yeah. Um. But um. That, that's cool to, to, to know that he did that, and I hope yep. Jesse A. Davis is because he owns his copyrights. money for that guitar solo royalty. He owns his copyrights, so he yeah. does. He allow, yeah. And I also yeah. mentioned while you were out. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, I need a drink. Frankie Five Angels over here. Everything yeah. in the olive oil business with a father. That's what happened to me when you told me I'm about doing too much Kirk. talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's fifty years since this album came out. Do I do that? Do I do it? Todd Rudgren, something, anything. Awesome yeah. album. Fifty awesome years. Album. So there's a there's a oh. tribute album out for that, and it's called Someone Anyone, where all of these other artists do Todd Rudgren songs from the oh, album. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, yep. That's funny. That's great. Yeah. Wow. It's called it's Someone like, Anyone. Yep. My, my next album suggestion review is produced by Todd Rudgren. Oh. So there. It could be one of many albums. Cool. He's produced and a lot. Well, yeah. I think we should roll on to some one-hit wonders. One hit wonders. I love one hit wonders. So My let me. Part uh, of the show. Let me. Uh, I have a couple of bars to play. See if you right. guys can guess what hold it on, is. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold He's on. getting a notebook out, Perry. He's getting a notebook out. <laughs> He's getting the, volume uh, two. Volume two of the Music Rose <laughs> Podcast notebook. And I'm getting my mini guitar out. Here it is. Okay. There you All go. Right, here we go. All little right. gu- little guitar, sing for me. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm putting it away. Putting it <laughs> okay, away. here's here's my intro on my one hit wonder, okay? Okay. My name is Michael. I have a nickel. <laughs> nope. No, it's not. <laughs> I've it's never not, heard that. I, I got him. Oh, my God. I can't, you stumped I, I, Lou? Then I, I, think, I think he might have. I got him. Laura, I'm going to let it play a little bit more. Okay, I'm going to get fireworks out. Oliver. Larry, Blibby, Bobby, and Blooby. <laughs> I got it. 
Bloody blah bloopy. That's one of my cringeworthy songs, but it's a one hit wonder. I got him a second beat. No, actually, he's a two hit wonder. And you know what the other song, the other hit was? Gene, Gene, you're young, young and, and alive. alive. That was the other wow. Oliver, though. He's a two hit okay. wonder. Yeah. So okay. his name was Oliver? <clears throat> Oliver, yeah. Yep. And what was, was the name of that song? The name of the song, Good Morning Starshine. Okay. Yeah. Now, in parentheses, they say Blibby Bob and Blooby. <laughs> Blitty Bob, Bloopy. Like, that, to, was, that to, was a cringe word. Like, I go like this. When I used to hear that song, I go, like, I clench a fist. <laughs> this morning at today's Sunday service, I'm walking in for rehearsal, and our, key, our visiting keyboardist is going, da 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 I went, I said, Blibby Bob and Blooby, Blitty Bob and Blooby. And she goes, what the hell is that? I said, it's Oliver. So, there you go. You didn't yeah. stump Lou. It, you didn't no, stump Lou. He only that, that, that's a half. It's a, it's a half stump. I, I'm not. I'm well, not what do you mean? A half stump. I, I've I been called a half more. stump many times in my life. <laughs> I need to hear more of it, but I didn't get it initially. I need. I need to. No, that, that, I got it. I got it. I, I'm, I'm underrating myself. You win. I have no self esteem. <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I'm gonna go home. I, 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 you I'm got a one hit wonder, Lou? I do. I do. Um, now this one, it's a combination thing. It's a combo platter. So you get a biscuit with this one and it is a song from 1966. It is a one hit wonder. It's well known. Yeah. Well, it's been covered. It has been covered. Now I've got it queued up. I just hope it works. 1966. Get through the ads. Goes something like that. <laughs> really? Seriously? Can you can you put the red line back and just start it over no, again? No, 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 here. Nope. Who's that? Pat Boone? Oh, barefooting. Who is that barefooting? By Robert Parker. Not the wine reviewer. Not the well-known, world-renowned wow. wine reviewer. Who um, likes uh, <laughs> Yellowtail. He likes he likes big gem. He likes big wines. Anyway, that's Mark, don't distract me. Come on, man. Um, that's bare, barefoot. Robert Parker, 1966. Um, is on hmm. NOLA Records. He's in New Orleans, NOLA. New Orleans, there you go. Uh, produced by this guy named Wardell Quizzer uh, Quay. Um, Apparently, he's a well known behind the scenes orchestrator of a lot of the New Orleans sound with um, Bobby Charles, Alan Toussaint, etc. Um, so, this is it. That was, was his only hit. And it was a number seven Billboard Hot 100, number two in the U.S. Hot. Uh oh. Oh, Mark. Nope, so, he's back. Anyway, no, he's not back because I saw a little like warning, oh, okay. uh, warning diamond on top. I forgot about this one uh, uh, with the borrowed riffs. Yeah. Now apparently, Hart opened up for Nazareth way back when. Uh, I, I'm here. Wait, am I back? You're back. You're back. Okay. 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 So I left off number two. I'll say this cautiously. Number two on the U.S. Hot R&B Singles. Eleven Cashbox Top 100. Number seven, most importantly, seven in Canada. It was, ne- it was number. 
What, barefooting? Eh? It was number seven in Canada, eh? So let me play this riff. No. You're all, uh, no. Okay. Let me play this riff that, okay. and uh, that, um, Hart borrowed. Yeah. Took from Nazareth, and apparently Nazareth was pissed. Oh boy. Really pissed. It's the Halloween jinx. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, it's how I'll play it's that riff. The, the, the barefoot. So riff. I was just going to play. I was just going to play a riff. Mm. One riff I forgot that yeah. Hart had taken from Nazareth, and Nazareth was pissed because Hart opened but, up for Nazareth. Okay, but, but and they it, took it, it, this riff from them. Okay. It goes like this. Okay. Barracuda. They were pissed. Apparently, Nazareth was fucking pissed. I kind of like hard open up for them, and they said, "You took our riff." Mm. And you know who's the guitar player? Ann Wilson or Nancy? I don't know. Nancy. uh, well, it was a guy, with, actually, it was a guy. Uh, yeah. Naz- yeah. They opened up for Nazareth, and, they, and, they took, and good, Nazareth was good pissed player. off about it, too. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I like Barracuda. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. So so that that was a good one, Barefoot in 1966. Yeah. yeah. But now also that that, um, that artist, Robert Parker, he played with a bunch of New Orleans musicians. One of them was a guy named Ernie K. Doe. You know what Ernie Cato's one-hit wonder also was? That's a good one. Mother-in-law. 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 Oh, yeah. Sam ought to be her name. To me, they're one and the same. Great, great song. It's such a a great put down. I liken that to Bruce Springsteen's there, Sherry. John Sherry Darling, when he's talking about his mother mother in the backseat, you better tell her to shut up. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to drop her off on the corner. (laughs) Mother-in-law. I've got a one-hit wonder, and it's just, I'm not, there's nothing like, there's nothing to hide here. I just got to play a few seconds of it. Southern California. Lou got it. Albert Hammond. This song is... Fantastic! Yes, it is. It, it. You know, it's a wrecking crew, by the way. That's Al Blaine on drums. I know that. That's the yeah. wrecking crew. Yeah, playing all everything behind him. Yeah, Albert Hammond. I, I, yeah, I've told you, but before we knew that, I told you, I love the sound of this drum kit. Everything is. I love per- the, the sound bass. Of it. The bass is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Mark. I said fantastic. I said fabulous. Fantastic. <laughs> everything is perfect about. He's that Mr. Song. Fabulous. You're Mr. Fantastic. But the, the, the way they produced records back then was it's always like violin touches, like on yeah. the second verse. You know, you hear some violins and you're right. like, that's the way like Lenny Warnaker and those guys produced records back then. But so that's the Wrecking Crew playing behind him on that. So the that's artist right. is mm-hmm. Albert Hammond. Albert, Albert Hammond. Hammond. Yeah. And the yeah. name of the song is? His son is like in the, what's that group? His son is. <laughs> his, his son's in, in the Strokes. He's Albert the Strokes, Hammond Strokes, yeah. 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 Strokes. Um, yeah. But uh, what's um, the name it, of that song? It doesn't rain in Southern California. It never rains in California or something. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that I, song I, I, is yeah, just I, perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. It, it, it just amazes me that whenever I heard that as a kid and even now, I, I was so the, – the, the drums just stand out in such a great yeah. way. They're so perfectly appropriate, and they sound so yeah. great. And um, the bass. Yeah. The bass. Yeah. If you ever mm-hmm. see uh, – the, 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 there's a version, if you see, like, a video of Albert Hammond doing it. 
he's playing it, but he does this thing when Hal Blaine does the drums. He goes, he hits his, uh, he hits himself in the chest whenever Hal Blaine hits a tom tom on that break part. Oh, it's a wow. weird, it's a weird little quirky, but I know. So he was, he was lip syncing like an American bandstand or something, right? No, no, no. He, he was playing the song, but he was so in, in tune with Hal Blaine was playing that. And Hal Blaine does this weird, I think it's, it's just an interesting little one hit on a tom tom that is just so genius appropriate. Yeah. Alvin Hammond knew it and hits himself in the chest whenever yeah. Hal Blaine does it. Yep. It's like a thing, like, it's an acknowledgement I look at. It. Yeah. Yeah. But that song, that's geekery, but that song's perfect. That song is it's one of the best sounding records I remember from when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. That being said, I'm not, a big, I'm not a big fan of the Strokes. I've not heard anything they've said, done that I've liked. Mark, we've talked about this. Yeah, my son. I, I, heard some, yeah, I, know, I know he does, yeah. I look and, forward uh, to debating him on this. Yeah, you know, I've listened. They have some All really right. good. They had a couple of hits, like songs are on the radio, and I, those are good. I do have trouble sitting through a whole album, but maybe it's just not our generation. Maybe it's just a maybe. whole yeah, different yeah. thing. Yeah. Why not? Well, do you have another one, Lou? Another one hit wonder? One hit wonder? No, I, I had my two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to do a. Uh, City. I've got to do. Um, you know, we're, we're. I have to do a public service announcement because. You know, we're broadcasters. So this is a public right. service Far announcement about bicycle safety. Bicycle. It's an actual PSA about bicycle safety. Bicycle. Okay. This is this is real. Let's look serious. Yeah, I broke my toe on my Peugeot. I sprained my neck on my trek. I chafed my thighs on my specialized. I chipped my tooth on my mongoose. I pumped my hooter on my scooter. I fractured my chin on my schwin. I banged my coochie on the frame of my Fuji. I impaled my tail on my Cannondale. I tangled my c*** in my kryptonite lock. But we each live to tell it, cause we all wore a helmet. That's an actual bicycle safety public service announcement. I like that. <laughs> from Eastern Europe somewhere. Where, where was that? No, from? that's North <clears throat> American. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think they, they, they did say coochie. Am I, am I correct? There was a coochie or was a coochie? Did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just want to clarify that. Um, always wear a helmet. When you drink a lot, always wear a helmet. Yeah. yeah. I think we got to start wearing helmets on the show. I think so. I think it's called a William Holden drinking helmet. Otherwise, you know, it could be a... It can save lives. <laughs> Think about the future. Think about your loved ones. Yeah. Oh wait, wait. We have to, Lou. We have to do some. Uh, we have to do some news, right? Yeah. Let me see if I can find my news intro here. Let's see. Uh, dead air. 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 Let's see. Albert Hammond. Walk this Go way. Go to another network if you don't get the news going. I'm a in-demand news broadcaster. <laughs> You're a what? We're selling copies of Lou's notebook. It's a copy, not the original. They will be $60. No, no. Each. You know who wants You know who wants that notebook. You got to battle Scott for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's see where I'm going here. Here we go. Ready? Well, I found the I, I found the intro to. Uh... And now, music relish news with Mark Smith. Hello, welcome to music relish news. Very brief tonight. 
This week, Dolly Parton says she's hoping to reunite, reunite former Led Zeppelin members Robert Plant and Jimmy Page for a new rendition of Stairway to Heaven. Now, she had covered the track on her 2002 album, Halos and Horns, Ooh. but it was a bluegrass-style version. But in a new interview with Polestar, ahead of her induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which she tried to decline and they wouldn't let her decline, she said she wanted to deliver a more faithful version. So she says, when I got nominated, I thought, why not just go ahead and do it while the iron's hot? So she has plans for a rock album, and that's one of her big plans. I'm thinking she'll get them to... I'll be surprised if they don't do it. She's royalty. Yeah. She is. Yep. Don't, don't say no to Dolly. In fact, Never. Uh, Dollywood is now a cool place to go. Yeah. Dollywood, yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Gatlinsburg. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Gatlinsburg, Tennessee. Yep. Not too far from me. All that far. That was a wrap. Gatlinsburg, Tennessee. Not too far from me. That's better than Jack. Tennessee, not too far from me. Better than Jack. Relax. Going to kick some gluteus max. I mean, that was just bad. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, music news with Mark Smith. You know, see if the album comes about, but that's what she's saying. I think that was her saying it meant she wanted to get him. It depends if Robert and Jimmy are getting along. We just don't know. You know, those two. So do they not get along generally? They piss each other off. They then they are they are friends to the death, but they piss each other right. off. Jimmy was really mad when Robert I know what that's like to really. a full tour with Led Zeppelin. He was incensed, but Robert knew he couldn't keep the vocals up for a whole tour. You know that was a one off. So yeah, and you job. know what you got? You guys have a lot of money too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do, I you laugh have to do, do you have to do this? Yeah, for the last five How years. <clears throat> And I said for the last five years, Jimmy Page has been saying, I've got something really big coming out. It's going to blow your minds. I'm so used to this from Jimmy Page. He's done one solo album in all the years since Led Zeppelin broke up. So right. it's like, I'm not holding my breath for anything from him. <laughs> he's, done, he's done one solo album. Outrider as a great album. Huh. A really good album. Okay. Worth listening to. It's got Chris Farlow on vocals, an old blues singer from England. It's right. He does a version of Hummingbird. Uh, really good. Highly recommended. Oh, shoot. That should have been one of my recommended albums to you guys. Well, the cat's out of the bag. It well, I'm now. up this week. Yeah, I know. Right. That will right. be in the future. Plan on. I'm, I'm curious about your pick. Okay, moving on. Don't get <clears> so sad. This is really going to bum you out. Motley Crue has announced that guitarist and founding member Mick, member Mick Mars is retiring from touring. The statement from the band published by Variety noted that Mars' retirement was due to his ongoing painful struggle with ankylosing spondylitis, AS. The statement further clarified that Mick will continue as a member of the band but can no longer handle the rigors of the road. And then, I don't know if you knew it. I mean, we all know he's a lot older than the other guys. In the yeah, band. and I know he, had, he always had hip problems or something yeah. like that, right? So, he was born in 1951, though some have questioned the accuracy of that year. I'm thinking 1931, but anyway. <laughs> um, his original name is Robert Allen Deal, and he's seven years older than the oldest other crew member. Okay. But I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did. You know what? The guy, give him a break. I mean, like, he was out there playing. He's in pain. So who's going repl- to replace him? They announced, I'm dropping the ball on it. They did announce a uh, replacement on Eddie Trunk's Twitter page. He congratulated the guy. So obviously he's been around, but I'll I'll check into that. I, I'm i a horrible newsman, aren't I? Horrible. Not at all. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm Albert you were up Brooks. For the, you were up for the Edward R. Murrow Award. 
Mark. Mark. <laughs> but they are. It's interesting Bro- that they broadcast did Broadcast excellent. Yeah. I, I'm fat. No, broadcast fabulousness. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> so anyway, they just did a tour with Def Leppard of the U.S., and it was so successful that they're going to do a world tour with them. So, uh, hey, they're making money. Yeah, that's what it is. Try to get out there. All right. Play, play, play music. I just saw a thing on television before we came on the air, and it was Def Leppard in Vegas. Yeah, I got that. I got that DVD. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, that's an old one. Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how how long ago it was, but, like, yeah, they couldn't thank the people enough for, you know, for, uh, and uh, they're all tossing guitar picks. And I think the drummer, and I'm not trying to be funny, he brought out a drumstick and, uh, Gave it to uh, gave it to one of the crowd members. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can throw uh, a lot of drumsticks with one arm. You don't have to throw one. You grab a whole bunch. You, and you have a stick back. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying. You know, he didn't, they didn't, he didn't throw it. He walked up to the front of the stage yeah. and like handed it to someone. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Somebody will, you'll get sued. You yeah. know? Don't lose an eye. My eye. <laughs> but I still got one good eye. Yep. My eye. All right. Um, and then yeah, another little thing about. Def Leppard, my son has one of the funniest jokes. I mean, you've all seen what Joe Elliott, the singer, looks like lately. So I'm watching the the Vegas show on on some streaming channel, and I was liking it. You know, I have a soft spot for him. Anthony walks in the room, and he just goes like this. He does a face looking at the screen. He goes, Dad, he looks like every Irish housewife we see in ShopRite in Pearl River. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. He does. Wow. (laughs) How old is old old Joe now? About 62? Uh, yeah, because their first album came out in '81. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. You know, and those guys didn't take care of themselves for years. They they abused themselves. Well, they had to run in Vegas. They get paid a lot of money when you're in it's Vegas. What, you know, that's what everyone in, does. In 1982, I I was a substitute drummer in a battle of bands in Park Ridge, New Jersey. Uh, the the band's drummer almost lost his finger in a car automotive accident. And I had to learn one, one of those. It was um, Bringing on the Heartache. I had to learn that song for the Battle Great of the Great song. Great we song. We won. We won. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the song that, that made me realize, like, I didn't know about Def Leppard. I heard that. I got High and Dry, their second album. I heard that song, and I go, this is a really good song. Just the yeah. I never liked the drum sound with that Snuff Garrett drum I, I, sound. Snuff, that, that, that was a Snuff Garrett. Mutt no, Lang. Like, yeah, Mutt Lang. Yeah. No, that this I didn't. Perry, I, I agree. The yeah. drum sound was terrible. It was just. It didn't yeah. sound like a snare to me. It was a thousand pounds of glass off the building. Yep. Yeah. We're all here, Mark. We have more news. Got one more sad story for Lesnar. you. Uh oh. Yeah. I less than I got walls, guys. So don't. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, the hard driving rockabilly artist, yeah. who's profound boogie woogie piano and bluesy mm-hmm. country influenced vocals helped to find the sound of rock and roll on his hits like whole lot of shaking going on and great balls of fire has died he was 87 i mistakenly thought he was 93 all right well you know what he lived a long time and he's pushing yep. 90 you know yep. and yep. interesting i read this little snippet he suffered through the last few years from various illnesses and injuries doctors say he should never have made it this far they said he abused his body so much in his middle ages that he shouldn't be around so he was a strong guy he made it strong. with what drinking and smoking no. yeah drinking Hell makes raising. you strong 
Yeah. Hell and, 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 and now he is spinning on Satan's rotisserie in hell <laughs> because he believed he believed <laughs> he believed he was going to hell when he died for a whole bunch of shit. He, 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 was, not me, the great, he was not the greatest person in the world. Let me ask you guys hell. a question. His now, you, you guys, can you recognize this riff? I'm going to play a riff for you. Can you recognize it? It's an acoustic. Uh, Neil Young. Neil Young, right? Yeah. Harvard, yeah. Harvard Neil Young borrowed that riff from the Everly Brothers. Walk right back wow. from the Everly Brothers. I think it was a tribute. That's the Everly Brothers. He borrowed that riff from the Everly Brothers. Sonny Curtis sure wrote that song, by the way. Hmm. Shouldn't that have been in the Bard riff section of the show? What's that? <laughs> that should have been in the Bard riff section of the show. <laughs> Do no, I, I, gotta put, I forgot <laughs> because I'm coming across it now. Do I got to put my picture between you guys again? I'm Come coming on, across stop. it now. So uh, that's, to keep us, that's to keep us away from each other, Mark. But you, you recognize that riff as Harvest Moon by Neil Young, right? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's, that's the wow. Everly. Uh, Sonny cool. Curtis wrote that song. Sonny Curtis also wrote, uh, he wrote, you know, he was in the crickets at one point. Sonny Curtis. After after Buddy Holly died. Yeah, but he he yeah. wrote he wrote some songs that Buddy actually recorded too, mm. like on an oh. album, not big big hits. But uh, he wrote uh, he wrote the uh, the Mary Tyler Moore song "Who Can Turn the World on Really? Smile. Oh wow! Sonny Curtis S wrote Sonny that Curtis. one too, and he also wrote "I Thought the Law and the Law Won." Yeah, Sonny wow. Curtis wrote that one too. Wow! And he wrote this song, "Walk Right Back." For the Everly Brothers, Neil Young took that riff and turned it into Harvest Moon. Yep. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Who had the big hit with I Fought the Law? Who was the first hit with it? Uh, Joe Strummer. No, Rock and Roll, uh, Rock and Roll Macabre <laughs> Story. It's a great Macabre story for Hollywood. Yeah, I can't, what's the name? Bobby Fuller. Bobby Fuller, yeah, yep. Of the, the Bobby Fuller Four. The Bobby who's, Fuller who's, Four. Whose yep. brother thinks his father was murdered by contract with the Manson family. You had you had mentioned that in yeah. like it, you had mentioned that in the past. You know. Like, so, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. We do. Right. That's right. Yep. That's right. We do on the Meter Zacharelis podcast. Podcast. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh my God! Night. Who it's, it's... the hell cares? <laughs> what do we have, Svengoolie here tonight? Come on, Svengoolie. It's Fright Night on the Music Relish Podcast. <laughs> it's Fright Night. <laughs> so uh, we, I think we have to do Mark's album reveal, don't we? Yeah, we're, you know what? What about, what? What? What about a, my producer segment? Is it too late? Oh, Don have, Dixon. Don Dixon, I'll tell you right? What? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make him. Can, can I make a motion? Redo. No, no. We're only yeah. at a buck 45, man. You're out, out of line, Senator. You're out of line. We I got time say, for all this, man. We could hold the review till next week. No, we no, no, no. Albums. Let okay. Lou do do just Don Dixon. I want to hear Don Dixon. Yeah, That's I want to hear Don Dixon. Yeah, I want to be schooled oh. by Lou. Oh, Don Dixon! Where Look, is... he looks like the guy on the cover of Kansas Left Overture with his book. <laughs> Carry on, wayward son. <laughs> Don Dixon. Um, he's a uh, a producer, musician, um, songwriter. He is most known for producing a lot of early uh, early eighties jangle pop. Um, he produced co-produced with Mitch Easter the first two REM records, Murmur and Reckoning. Mitch Easter, um, yeah, Mitch Easter was a, of a band uh, Let's Active. They're from North yep. Carolina. 
Uh, Don Dixon was born. Yeah, Don Dixon was born in South Carolina. But they, had, they both visit. worked at Drive-In Studios, right? They were, yeah, I, I was at Mitch Easter's Drive-In Studios. Um, he, he's a bass player for most, like most of his music career. He was the bass player. Apparently, he was in a band called. Uh, he went to UNC uh, in Chapel Hill. He was in a band called Arrogance, which apparently was one of the biggest unsigned North Carolina bands. They put out six albums. Um, so he was, you know, was not unknown when he became a producer mm-hmm. of note. Um, so in 1982, Mitch Easter of the band Less Active approached him about uh, co-producing R.E.M.'s first record, Murmur, which we discussed as a debut record is a perfect record. It's an yeah, indie rock record. classic. It is like perfect it's the circle. Born to, it's the yeah. born to run of indie rock yep. albums as far as I'm concerned. Whatever, you know. Um, but he also produced their follow-up, their album, uh, 1984 Reckoning, um, which is a great record. Now, Perry and I talk about this record where I love the music. I do not like the production. It was supposed to be a raw record, and it is. I just think they could have done raw in a different way. But the songs are great. It's got some of RM's most iconic songs on it. Songs are fantastic. That's, that's, can, yeah, they really mention, are. Seven Chinese Brothers. It goes from Seven Chinese Brothers to Don't Go Back to Rockville, South Central yep. Rain, I'm Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so that was Don Dixon and Mitch Easter production again. And Mitch Easter's on this first two records. So was Don Dixon Don, the engineer or was he a co producer? Uh, he's listed as co producer on the second record, both. Um, Mitch Easter and Don Dixon are credited as machinists. That's the micro side. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they engineered the record. So I think they did dual purpose stuff there. I think they both okay. engineered it and mixed it. Um, he also has, he has a solo career. So he's done solo records as well. I had his um, early 90s record called Romeo at Juilliard. It was interesting. It, it, I could see where my take of it was it's a real fan record. But you could see by the diversity of his solo record, the only one I had that, how he could produce this many diverse acts. He did mm-hmm. things like originals. There was almost Elvis Costello-like. He did a song called uh, Who Let the Cat Out of the Bag, like a jazz thing, almost like a show tune. He's extremely musically diverse, which makes for a great producer because he can bring in all those elements. When he sees a rock band, he says, you know, you can, I can add this touch to it. So mm-hmm. he's one of those guys with a big set of ears, I would say, and Mitch Easter, too. Um, so he also, uh, you know, produced the yeah, Reckoning, a Dead Letter Office he had something to do with. Um, the eponymous record, um, he had a long association with the Smithereens, which I forgot about. Um, so the Smithereens were that indie band from New Jersey that made it kind of big. Yep. Um, the, the first record, especially for you, he produced that. So he produced two debut albums of rock artists that were really great and influential yep. and yep. really, really friggin' cool. R.E.M.'s Murmur and Smithereens, especially for you. He produced the second album, Green Thoughts, by the Smithereens, too. Another great album. Uh, the the yeah. Smithereens' first three records are great. Then they went kind of arena rock mm. uh, with, like, Ed Stassi in production. Like, he might have produced Eddie Money, but, you know, um, the Belinda Carlisle song. But the, the first records are very indie rock, um, retro, like indie rock. Um, he also – some of the Smithereens' records are hysterical. He produced uh, Green Thoughts, the second record. He produced A Date with the Smithereens, Attack of the Smithereens, God Save the Smithereens. <laughs> I love that. From New, <laughs> uh, from New Jersey, it came, uh, the Smithereens Anthology, and he produced 11, an album of theirs for 2011. Um, some of his other production credits include a band called, a band called this is a great name, if you're a cartoon fan, Snagglepuss. Do you remember Snagglepuss? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Snagglepuss. Exit stage. <laughs> Snagglepuss, even. Um, he produced Chris Stamey, uh Perry Chris Stamey was of the DBs, I think. Yep. Yep, of the DBs. North Carolina, um, he, boy. Yep. North Carolina, yeah. So well, yeah. 
there's a North Carolina collection. There was part of the whole Winston Salem uh, '80s indie scene. Yep. Um, the Sponge Tone. SpongeBob. Who's them? Uh, SpongeBob. James McMurtry, um, the singer, American singer-songwriter, whose father was the novelist. I forgot what he wrote. Like, there, there's a Robert De, uh, Robert Duvall movie um, that Lonesome Dove, I think. Larry McMurtry was the writer of that. His son's. Isn't name. James like a country Mick singer? McMurtry. He's an Amer- Americana singer. Oh, I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, um, Don Dixon also produced Let's, Let's Active, which is the band that Mitch Easter was in that they co produced REM together. He produced Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. We circle back to Hootie. I don't know what he, I don't know what he, he, uh, he just went Hootie. down a notch. Um, yeah, Don yeah, gave the world Carolina connection. Yeah, Don gave the world. Write me a check. <laughs> right. Um, he produced Guadalcanal Diary. That was an old indie band. I remember, I remember seeing, seeing them associated with REM. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah um, pretty cool. Uh, he produced the Jim Blossom, hmm. which which is up there with silly, silly band. Yeah, right. Good pop okay. band though. Good pop band. Yeah. yeah. Um, he produced Fetch and Bones. That's an I think an Athens Athens band. Mm-hmm. Very very obscure indie band. Um. This is a great name. Just I don't know who they are, but the name is great. The Fabulous Knobs. Mark, I think you'd like this. I the think I had some in <laughs> not not the dirty no not the dirty knobs. No, no. I remember. Th- I think we may have run cassettes at CPI and Hillsdale of them. That is very familiar. Really? They were probably oh, on a cool. label we handled. Oh, yeah. cool. Wow. Interesting. Nice. Um he also produced a band called Dump Truck. I've heard them. Uh he produced uh, Marshall Crankshaft. Oh yeah, um, he had, had I'm called um, Marshall Crenshaw, Mary Jane and her nine sisters. He produced Kim Carnes, um, Beat Rodeo. Um, I mentioned his solo record, but uh, the one thing I read I didn't know about he was this close to producing Nevermind by Nirvana. Wow, wow, yeah. And he asked for two, he, I read an interview. He said, "Either me or my manager asked for too much money," and they said, Womp. "Wow." And, and Beat Ro- Day, I think I saw Beat Rodeo somewhere in like uh, the Ritz or the Lone Star or somewhere like that. I think I saw Beat Rodeo. Yep. And, and I'm very offended that that Lou won Fabulous Knobs and he said, Mark, Mark, now come on. Now I'm very offended that I thought of anything but the Fabulous Band. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to save this record review. for. Oh, wait, he's coming back. You're doing a good job bringing him back, Perry. Is he he's here? here? I see him. He's figuring it out. And he's going to come in. Lou! <laughs> we got Lou. Let's see if he comes back. I wish we could do, you know, Perry, I wish we could do listening parties on the show. Because that Rundgren album would be the best listening party. The uh, Something Anything? Yeah. We're just not in that elite music, you know, hierarchy where we can play anything we want. But I got to tell you. Well, where, so where were we? Um, we were about to start your album review. Yeah. yeah. Think, and, right? if he, and if we get Lou back, we should start it before we lose him again. And it looks like he's coming back. So I'm very hopeful. This is like when the uh, main, the headlining band is late and you got to come out on stage. You got to go, you know, we're, we're almost there. How you doing tonight, yeah, guys? Yeah. How you doing? You good? Oh, that's Mark Marin. You good? You okay? Yep. You okay? Well, let's see if we can find him. By the way, you know who Mark Marin had on his show last week? Ron Carter, the legendary jazz bassist. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, you know, 
Ron Carter. Really? He was in uh, Miles Davis's quartet. He's, he's huge. He's huge. And uh, I got to listen to it. I that's like I want to hear Mark interviewing a jazz legend because Mark can interview any musician. He's really good at that. Musicians and comedians. That's the best he's with. Well, let's. Uh, I think we should roll on with your your album review, Mark. Um, if you want, Mark's album reveal. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I should have read the whole article on Jerry Lee Lewis. It would have taken us an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're pushing two hours now as yeah. it is. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking, yeah. I just want to say, if we don't get Lou back and we hit two hours, I think we should save it and do two album reviews next week. I don't think people would mind that. What do you say? No, we're not reviewing an album. You're well, no, gonna you rec- you're go- are you going to recommend an album to us this week? I'm going to recommend an okay, album. Okay, so yeah, yeah. if we don't get Lou back in the next minute, I propose, I propose that we yeah. review two albums next week. I am a robot. Yeah. I hate to tell you that. I'm the only robot well, that can drink wine. <laughs> um, but if we don't get him back, because, you know, the joy of this is everyone's take on it. One person likes it. One person hates it. This is getting my He's yeah. back. He, he's here. He's here. Fucking yep. Back. Okay. My God, the alien. So yeah. what, were we, what were we about to in do? This, we were about to do, do Mark's album review. Maybe we should do it before we lose you again. <laughs> Maybe we should just do uh, Mark's Summer. album reveal, right? And uh, do it now. Do have it you now, got please. him queued up, Mark? Yeah. So I asked you guys to review Harry. or listen yeah. to Wildwood by Paul yep. Weller. And just really quick, if anyone doesn't know Paul Weller, he was with the Jam and the Style Council, and this was his second solo album after disbanding the Style Council. So, the first song on the album. Oh, I'm already losing it. First song on the album called. Sunflower. Sunflower, and I'll just do a snippet here. I got to get into the drums because drums are key to this album. Great riff. And then, oh, yep. Oh, I just restarted it. Anyway. That's a great yeah. riff with a great production and, uh, Yep. Right. So, go ahead, you two. That's the first song. By the way, I'll right. say you, you, first song I ever heard from Paul Weller because my good friend Steve Flanagan, when I was working at CPI, said, "You got to listen to Paul Weller." He bought me the CD. I popped it in. That's the very first song I ever heard from. My first impression. Yeah. After hearing two songs, I said, "I want to be his drummer." I knew it. It's nice. I knew to, it. It's nice to hear a record. Where the you can actually hear the drums. Yeah. Not and, not only that the guy rich. is yeah. the guy is really good and yeah. I can tell like it sounds like in my imagination Paul Weller's saying, Do what you think you need to do. If there's anything wrong, I'll tell you. Yeah. And the guy did everything friggin' right. But they know how to record but drums too. They know yes, they, they yeah. have a great it's a great natural sound. It's kinda of dry in some ways. I noticed there's more reverb on the vocals. Um I looked up the drummer who he is and he's you know Interesting background on the yeah. drummer. Um, but not only that, you said last time when we talked about reviewing this record, you said, Lou, the drums. And, oh, yeah, yeah. this guy can play. But it, it's it's soulful, it's rock and roll, but he's not being shy. It's grooving. It's, and it's still English. Yeah. He comes in behind the beat. That's just the drummer. The fills. the fills are behind the beat. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 he's, not, he's not rushing, but some of those fills are fast. Yeah. There's, there's some fast playing yeah. on here. But he's in control. He's in control of his tempos. 
and everything else. But I mean, that was just the first thing, and like in light of what you mentioned. But uh, the record is hot, really good. It's a really good record. It's a great yeah. record. How about the yeah. second song? Okay. Can you heal us? Yeah, it's got heavy fuzz on it, right? Yeah. It's got nice piano, nice sounding piano. Mm-hmm. And it's got like heavy fuzz on it, doesn't he? On the guitar, boom, boom, on the chorus, fuzz. Boom, yeah, boom, yeah, boom, boom. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hooks yeah. it right in. Yeah, I like the electric guitar, which is mainly played by Paul Weller, yeah. right? Mm. Yeah. He, he, there's a lead guitarist on the record, though, but I, I think he plays. It's something him playing all that rhythm stuff. I Paul, think. Paul did. So, there, there's a nice organ. He on played it, most of the solos on that album. Yeah, that was him. There's another guitarist oh, live. Really? Okay. He's got a guitar player that handles a lot of the solos. Um, but yeah, on that album, he did most of it. Mind you, you talk about the sound of the drums. Remember I told you I dropped out of music in the 90s mostly because I hated the sound. CDs came out, and they sounded horrible to me. This sounded like – this. the first thing I heard was, this sounds like vinyl. It sounds like the 70s. And what's amazing is yeah, Paul yeah. Weller, Jam, and yeah. Style Council – then he's doing an album that sounds like 70s American soul rock, which was just awesome to me, you know? Yeah. I, I was hearing some late, late, late 60s, even, even some of the English stuff, like um, Procol Harum and Blind mm. Faith. I heard some kind of uh, like the more earthier influences on that record. On yeah. That, um, yeah. What about the title track? Title track, you know, Wildwood, originally yeah. wasn't one of my favorites, but it's one of his most popular songs in England. Uh it, yeah, I know, I know. That was that was one of the singles from the record too. I think that in the title. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So let me show. The Give first, me the first song with, with the singles. Yeah. I like his acoustic. Uh, I like his acoustic Jazzy. songs. Love the harmonics. Yeah. Nice chord changes. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. Um, but in- incidentally, uh, early on in his touring career, that was the final song. He would do it t- over two hour show. And that was the last song. That was always the set closer. So after he had all this heavy, fast, whatever he's doing, all the stuff he's doing, he'd just come out and play some nice, relaxed and wildwood. And Lou, it's wildwood as in the tree, not what you think. Okay. I'm getting back at you for the fabulous knobs. Mm-hmm. Not that South Jersey amusement park band. <laughs> um, that that's considered one of his best songs. But I, I thought I'm, when I heard the whole album, I'm like, it struck me as an odd single to push. Yeah, as opposed to other songs on the record. But um, well, you know what? It's your first listen, and same thing. I thought that, but then years later, like I get it. You know, um, and in England's a whole different music scene, so people react differently. Yeah. You know, so. right, right. Um, well, let's bypass the instrumental. Yeah, by the way, the album like is interspersed the with these inter- yeah. instrumentals, which yeah. this is kind of like little, he did it yeah. on his first solo album, too, and Style Council did that a lot, too. I, I like it, but it's not yep. worth, you know. Uh, here's an interesting little cut called All the Pictures on the Wall. Good drum intro. Yes, there is. Thank you. 
Yep. Great uh, is acoustic in there, but you're going to, it's great acoustic, great, great drums. arrangements. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the drumming is very, in mean, my mind, very Levon Helm like. Good point. With those grace notes. And it's a very earthy sound. I mean, it's a kind of almost like up on Cripple Creek groove. Um, I noticed uh, Paul Weller writes a lot of um, mid tempo, not unpleasant sounding, romantic laments. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of things about love, you know, lost or something, or just kind of. Yeah, he's mature. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah, the 22-year-old yeah. in the jam. Total anymore. 180 yeah, from yeah. the jam. Yeah. Yep. He was going there with Style yeah. Council, but they were more blue-eyed soul, you know. Yep. Um, this song good, good this song. song called Has My Fire Really Gone Out, it does have a good jam on the album, but live, it, the jam is just crazy. It's good. Yeah. Um, and there, there, does he play harmonica in there? Somebody plays harmonica in there? I yep. can't make it to the middle, but where it goes, dan, 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 ban, dan, 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 that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's also another great drum intro. Yeah. I love, I love that thing he does. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Um, and then this, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. It's great how it morphs into that little jam at the, you know, in the middle, you know. Well, you mentioned the jam. It's like a psychedelic guitar jam. Yeah. But you said it would change his life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just does it a lot yeah. more extended. <laughs> yeah. And again, the next song, what is it called? Countries? Country. Country. And it's a. And it's like him. Paul, I love Paul Weller acoustic songs. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So here we go. Yeah. Almost <laughs> reminds me of Zeppelin. English. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Keyword English. British. By the way, talk about a smoker's yeah. voice. That is a total smoker's voice he's got. <laughs> it's good, though. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah. no, go ahead, Lou. Um, you guys are more familiar with his work than I am. I know some jam stuff and a little bit of style council. The soulfulness, his alleged soulfulness, does come through the, the whole record. Yeah. It does, As a yeah. singer, and even in the, yeah. some of the chord progressions, it's not faux. It's not, you know, it's, no. it's very yeah. genuine. Yeah. Very his genuine. love for Motown and all those kind of things are... It, it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not copying. It's They're not prevalent. Parodying, yep. But it's, it's definitely... Um, yep. He has absorbed it and done it well. Yeah, yeah. Very personal. That's, that's what gets me, by the way, about this album. It's one... It, I think what besides the sound too, it's just a very personal statement. Here's Paul Weller, the great Paul Weller in England. He's ranked up there with McCartney. He's ranked. He's huge in England. And he puts out this album that the first album was, was good too, but it was a little connected to style council. This one, he just laid it bare. It was him, you know? Now, how about the next song? Fifth season has that great organ. Oh, it's, it's almost great background. Almost progressive. Drums again. Yeah. 
Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This song had to grow on me. At first, I was like, I said, it might be a filler track. It might be an album cut. Maybe it is. Um, but the first thing I wrote was those drums. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's weird. But, um, it, there's a certain, there's a familiarity to the song. I, I can hear Gary Brooker from Poker Hiram singing it. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it, but it, it's, that's the English, the English thing there. Um, I can also hear a weird thing. Like I could see like this could morph into Ben Halen's Mean Streets at one point. There's a certain groove thing in a weird abstract. Yeah. Way. I hear you. Um, if Van Halen, if Van Halen ever wanted to do the song Morrison Street Funkin, they could have done Mean Streets, which is one of their better is one of their best songs from that album we were talking yeah. about. Um, but yeah, this is a song I, I initially dismissed it kind of, but like I came back and no, it grew on me. Well, you know, it's not a short album; it's kind of a long album. But, and hey. the first time I heard it, I agree with you. I know what you said because I'm playing the album, so a lot of these big songs really stand out. And then some of these songs, these are the ones that get you get into later, like because. You've got yeah. bigger epic mm-hmm. songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, how about The Weaver? To me, that's like a rock oh, song, yeah. The Weaver. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Basic raw. Rock and roll. Yep. And he, he plays that to this day. That's his, part of his set list. Um, kind of connected, right, to the older stuff, you know. Does yeah. Lou approved the drums. Now, <laughs> I think that this was the lesser song on the whole album. If, if there is a filler cut, to me, this was the one. It, I liked it, but I found myself kind of wandering away. A it's bit. a rock and It's like a rock and roll. It's like what you would. Live, yeah. you think it live? I gotta have these songs, you know, play and you know. sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's not. Now what it's about not uh, what about it's not a the bad song on the so Listen, just real quick, when we talk about the instrumentals throughout the album, these little things come up, which I really love. Yeah, yeah. And that is that is my my opinion connection to Style Council. Because Style Council had a lot of that kind yeah. of standing stuff. Yeah. Yep. By the way, Lou, Steve White was in Style Council. He was the holdover. Paul Weller kept him. Right. Wisely. Right. And his brother, Alan White, is a drummer. From the yeah. West. Not the Alan White from yep. Genesis. I mean, uh, no. yes. No. Oh, or, or the, that was a serious yes. mess up. Or, 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 or the Beatles. <laughs> What about Foot of the so, Mountain? It's the acoustic song. Sounds really British. Now this is to me. acoustic nice. here, yeah. live. It's a hard driving electric sound, but uh, yeah, this is um, wait, auto rotate. Okay. It's an epic. Very mature. It's an epic. Very yeah. mature. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think it's mostly completely solo, too. I think there's some little, maybe some keyboards, some stringy things at the end, but I think it's mostly, it sounds like mostly a solo. Now, live, it's a good one, live he gets his Telecaster, and he starts banging the chords out, and when he goes into it, the drums come in, and it's really heavy live. It's, it's a whole different oh, wow. arrangement wow. live. So... 
Next up, Shadow of the Sun, which is, that's the jam song. That not jam isn't a band, but that's the song that goes off, just off the charts. Drumming. This is, this song's very rhythmic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was thinking of another song, but. Ah, that's the song I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, that's Shadow of the Sun. Yep. So, I was saying, it does. Like, it, it's a great pop song, and then it morphs into this nice little jam. Yeah. yeah. It, does he have a morphs, song called morphs, Moon on Your Pajamas mm-hmm. or something? About that song, it almost morphs into, like, a, um, like a dream pop jam. Um, I, I think... The whole song up to that sounds like it could have been a bad company song. Good point. That company could have had a hit with that. Interesting. With that. Interesting. Um, yeah. there's one, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah. I, I give that one a little extra. Oh, yeah. And then, um, I, I, like the, I, like the, I like the jam at the end, Yeah, too. and live that jam is, is pretty intense. Um, we'll skip the Holy Man reprise because it's – well, actually, what he does, he does Holy Man, but then but, he incorporates but, another song into it, too. Yeah. yeah. Now, when I heard this one, this was my favorite of the uh, instrumental passages. And when I heard it, I heard Curtis Mayfield in there. Mm. And then when I looked up Paul Reller, it said you know, Curtis Mayfield was one of his big solo. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll play a snippet. Not, not to that. Yeah, you can hear Curtis Mayfield all yeah. over that. That yep. girl singing. Yep. Almost like a, 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 a pusher man or something. The girl singing was his wife at that time. She was also all over the first album, and she sang with Style Council. So keeping it in the family. What about, is there a moon on your pajamas or something? <laughs> a dreamy song. Yeah, a very slow song. She's yeah. kind of jazzy. Yeah. End of the evening, concert coming to a close. Very style council. In fact, I'm almost positive that uh, Mick, the keyboardist from Style Council, plays on that. So that's also one of my favorite. Really? Dig dig into the Style Council back catalog. There's a lot of songs that sound like that that they did. Very uh, just good, you know. And I, that's like he was an equal guy with the keyboardist, and that they were a pair. They were really good. Last song is my one of my top te- top three favorite Paul Weller songs. This Hung is up. an anthem to nice me. This song. is a pop anthem. Yeah. Ah, oh, so good, so good. Yeah. Uh, so overall, what do you think, Lou, about the uh, record overall? Two thumbs up. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I it's think nice. It was, the drums yeah. sound friggin' great. No, they sound great. They're not only the playing. Yeah. 
the, the whole the whole playing on the yeah. album. No, the, the drums aside, I, I was just digging. I mean, I can tell you, I, I was in a shower, Mark. I'm like, I want to be in this guy's band. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> the shower epiphanies are the greatest ones. The in production the is great. That many the things. production yeah. is great. The production the is great. Yeah. Um, there's not a bad song on the record. This, this is definitely song. his yep. epic. Yeah. It's it's his best solo album. Okay. Um, no, this is from 1993. Uh, yeah. No, uh, yeah, September 1993. Okay. It hit number two in the UK. It's no slouch. Right, right. So, and Q Magazine yeah. rated it 77 on the list of the 100 greatest British albums, which it's in the bottom half, but, you know, you can't imagine what other albums are on there. Yeah, um, right. It, 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 yeah. And it, it, incidentally... It's also on the... the, the oh, go the, ahead, Lou. Yeah. There's the one book of the... The thousand one best albums you have to have. I think it's on that. Yeah, right, deservedly uh, so. I don't know who the author was. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who the author was, but it's. Well, it's I'm a list. Paul Weller fan. It wasn't a hard sell on me. <laughs> so, right. yeah. so what I'm going to do is on the Facebook page. A couple of years after this, he put an album out called Illumination, which was really good as well. He did a free concert in Hyde Park. Came out on DVD. There's a YouTube link. I want to put it up on our Facebook site because you got to oh. see him live. Now that was when he still had Steve White in the band. I was crushed when Steve White left the band because he still sounds good, but he doesn't have Steve White behind him. Um, definitely, that concert has so much energy. It's just like in the, it's seeing thousands of people. Like here, I saw him at Town Hall in New York City. That's the biggest place he's going to fill here, you know. But in England, he could fill anything. So uh, I'll yeah. put a well. Uh, this show is running long, guys. We can't. We're not going to have time for Mark's album reveal. Oh, sure. You Just know, cut at, me, Perry. That's fine. You know, I'm quit. We're, I'm we're, at, wait, wait. we're at two I'm hours so, and sorry. 15 minutes already. All right. You know what? Well, here's my selection I broke my of camera to listen to. I broke my camera. It's, uh, it's Jay Farrar. It's called Third Shift, Third Shift Grotto. Third Shift Grotto Slack. Oh, I thought you were recommending uh, uh, the other one. Uh, all right. What's it? No, it's called Third the Shift Grotto Slack. Jay Farrar. Third? Third Shift okay. Grotto Slack. Okay. It won't take much time. It's less than 15 minutes long. It's an EP, really, a mini album. There's five songs. I'm Hike Jack in your show, Perry. Ready? I, I have, Here we go. Secret I, Policeman's Ball. Electric Sun. You lie, John Roth. Never do this to me. Uh, Johnny Winter. I forget the name of it. It's the three-sided album. <laughs> Never doing this to me again, Perry. Hagar, Sean, Aronson, Kenny Aronson. Well, you Michael know, for Street. some reason, these shows wow. are running long, man. I, you know, I'm not saying why. Jean Michel Veray. Uh, I'll, I'll redo these next week. <laughs> we'll do redo. Oh, and next look, week. I got so, your favorite so... album, Perry. 1999 from Prince. Oh, really? The purple wow. one. Yeah, yeah. That's party. Yeah. I have some. Well, fluff. you know what? I have, Let's, I have uh, a piece of fluff. Well, well, Wait, one piece the best of album cover yeah, of the 70s. The Look yep. at that. Okay. That's great. Look at that. Oh, my right. God. Oh, that's great. Look at that butt. Get that off there. Come on, man. This is a family show. What is the fluff? Paul, Paul, Weller played, uh, Paul Weller played a guest guitarist and backing vocals on Oasis's Champagne Supernova. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's tight with uh, Noel Gallagher. Very tight. You're tight. Uh, that song yeah. hung up, the last song. I have on a extras on DVD. He did it live acoustic with Noel on guitar. I saw Paul McCartney uh, being interviewed somewhere in the UK, and uh, they were taking questions from the audience. And guess who was in the audience? Paul Weller and Noel Gallagher were sitting right next to each other, waving their hands, going, <laughs> Paul, when you guys recorded Revolve, you know, like, yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. yep. All right, so let's find the closing theme, guys, all right? 
That's I it. I liked your fluff. Uh, That's it. Your fluff was good tonight. Uh, more of that fluff. Yeah. Let's find some clothing. I'm feeling happy. I couldn't even give a concert review for Steve Vai, but nobody cares. <laughs> Next time. There's no better way to spend a Sunday night than with you guys. That's right. Stay yep. here. It's how I get my next day off of work. <laughs> and at some point, you're going to have to pay to watch our after party. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll be talking we'll about some that. thrills a minute. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, the sh- it's the after party of the century. We're talking ripple drink. Oh, ripple. Rampant ripple drink. No, we get bags yeah. of ripple, that wine. We get rippled. Yeah, I'm Pipple. In honor of my friend James Alston, book writer, Ripple. And James, if you're watching. Well, you know what? We found Lou, our, our radar. We found Lou on radar, <laughs> Mark. We right? did. Good job. What? What do you mean? Well, you'll what see you it mean? when you watch it. Caught oh, you floating no. down the river. Too much of that right. brown bag wine. Yep. Uh, music Relish Podcast. What's the name of the gmail.com. song? That's right. And a, Milk Crates and Turntables. And a, Scott McLean, Jack Calabrese. Again, if you Great like show. what you hear, people, please click subscribe if you're on YouTube or Facebook. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah. We're on Spotify. Check us yes. out. Like and subscribe. The, uh, the uh, technology on the show is just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You cut out once and I, I cut out Look, twice. Keith Richards says goodbye. Keith Richards says have a good night. That's my buddy back there. Does he really? Yeah. Good thing it's a good thing we have no uh it's a good thing we have no bobbleheads. <laughs> Got a hole in his head. Is that it?